Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? The boys are back. Every time we come back after two weeks, I feel like a newborn baby, and I'm, I, I don't know what's going on. I got to relearn everything again. So here we are. We're live. Everyone's doing well. The boys are back for episode 34. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo, 50-piece chicken nugget. Let's go. <laughs> episode 34 of Behind the Bench. The boys are live. The boys are here. Uh, we're back feels good to be back. Let's do it. It's invite week. It's the Greek festival. Greek festival. Get your gyros. Get your lemon. Your lemons on everything. That's how the Greeks like it. Let's get into the episode, though. It's invite week, for, first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start off with an interview right off the intro with Jay Sisko and Stephen Rabsky, the course superintendents at the Idlewild Golf and Country Club. They took a dive deep in what setting up the invite was like, setting up the greens, and overall questions about being a greens person. And I cannot wait to have them on again. We didn't even scratch a surface with them. Electric, the boys were tuning in from the shop, from their own shop. It was hilarious. We'll, we'll get, we'll show it uh, on, on Insta, obviously. <clears throat> Topics for the weekly lift. I'm here sitting as a proud Italian and a proud champion, a European champion. That's right. Italy got it done a week ago. Tears, everything, emotions, unbelievable. Speaking of tears, the Habs lost. Uh, boys are hurting on that one. A couple hot takes, obviously, from Mace last episode. And that is going to do it for the Habs. T-Bay, $18 million over the cap. Kucherov, you know it. The expansion draft, we'll have uh, our takes from there. The BTB bench ball, and it's it's a t- it'll be a tough one to talk about. Uh, we'll also give you uh, a golf update on the boys as well with BTB bench ball. The NBA finals, which no one really cares about except Tom. The Blue Jays are back in Toronto, and we'll give you an update on our sub-brief Voyagers. And we're sponsoring a whole slew of teams, so we're uh, excited to share that with you. And then obviously we'll talk about the invite and segue into our interview with the youngest to ever win Canada's oldest match play, Tristan Renault at 16 years old. He did it. He's now a Sam Houston State student. He's here live. It was a great interview. Um, and then we'll talk again to our media performance of the week, the Courtney's quiz. And we missed it from our friends that we missed it. And that is going to do it for the episode. It's a jam-packed one, ladies and gentlemen. We're really excited. Let's get the show on the road. Mason, you know what to do, brother. Bring in the sweet sound, vapor wine, and let's get the show on the road. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon. Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon. Now come on people, live with me Where the light has never shone And the hornets flock like hummingbirds Speaking in a foreign tongue It's my life, it's my life, it's my life, my life What is going on boys? We're back here, episode 34 How's everyone doing boys? It's good to see your faces once again Tommy Blahas, how you doing brother? It's been a while, Jim, Mace. Pleasure as always. Um, you said what in the intro, newborn? You know, it, it's been a while. Like this one actually feels the a longest, long the, the longest wait we've had. Uh, things are good. Busy with um, with greater Sudbury soccer, you know, on the field with Giuseppe, my man, the chief. 
That's what I call them. Uh, golf and lots. Not much has changed. Boys, excited to for this episode and what a guest. And I actually missed the interview with the Green Screw guys. So we need to get into that because I, from what I'm hearing, Mace maybe took my job. So we'll, we'll just we'll leave it at that. Mace uh, was electric factor. He really did a good job filling in. Other than he did, he obviously got way more questions than his usual Wolf one, but Mason <laughs> did a really good job. Mace, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, not too bad here. I had my biggest golf match of the year. Now that the ID Cup's pretty much done. I had my red tee match. Um, so update for you guys. So I was playing this match. Play I'm five up at at the turn. The match gets postponed uh, due to light. We run out of sunlight. But uh, the guy that I was playing, uh, gentleman I was playing, actually called in and conceded for the rest of the match. So I, I moved on, and I might be playing uh, Kevin McClellan's dad, Steve McClellan, in the, oh, the next round. No way. Is, is this yeah. Is this now the semis you're moving into? No, I think it's now that the quarters. I think it was the round of 16, 32. I guess now. Yeah, I think okay. it was 32. Good for you, Mace. How yeah, how is it one. playing the Reds though? Like, so fun. Is it actually? Yeah, okay. and I figured out how to hit my driver, so I was flipping wedges in. Man. I was actually playing really well too. Slashed it around on one though, double one. Told the guy to pick it up, his hole. <laughs> you turn it around, eh? That is unbelievable. Chimo, let's, what's up with you, buddy? Me. Hey man, listen, I'm doing good. I'm just are you like done your saying. online class now? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I got to do next Wednesday okay. uh, my final paper, but feeling good. Um, I'm sitting here as a champion. Uh, Italy, Euro Cup. I mean, I couldn't be happier. Um, obviously, you guys saw on Instagram, I was going bananas. Uh, you know, I just wish, you know, I hope you guys get to taste something like that. Um, when when you, it doesn't matter if it's soccer, whatever, when your country wins, doesn't matter. Yes, please. Where would the Habs win have fallen on the spectrum? Below that excitement? one, out. Below that. Below, but like, I, I have to. Like, how far? Like, Habs. I win. wouldn't say very far. I wouldn't say very far. I'd be obviously, I'd be very ecstatic, and and I'd probably put on the same show like I did. Not but the same passion, though. Not the same passion. When it comes to soccer, when it comes to Italy, it's a whole different breed. It's like a, a life of its own. I mean, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't take my eyes off the screen the entire time watching. Yeah, Tom. And you're talking about passion, and it's got to be, you know, feeling good that they beat England because let, let, let's run through your thoughts there because obviously it feels good that your country wins, you know, the Euro Cup, but it's got to feel even more better that they beat England. And that's exactly what you wanted, too. Didn't you say that last episode? Feels like we're doing an interview with you right now, Al. Listen, let, let, let's, let's hear it. Team let's hear the what did I say? I said, you know, on paper, maybe, yeah, I want Denmark. But I, in my heart, wanted England the most. I wanted England at Wembley Stadium. 66,000 English fans in the lead stole it from their hearts, which made me so happy, made me happier that my purebred Italian cousin who cheers for England I still send him to this day. Every night I've been sending him a video of me to We Are the Champions just to check in on him how he's doing. Because during the Euro Cup, he would send me, he would send me It's Coming Home. That song, It's Coming Home. He'd send it to me every night. Now I'm going to be doing it. I don't know how many, I'm going to do it for like a month at least. At least oh, a month. You got to go like yeah, six months. Yeah. And, and just keep rubbing it in. Um, but I'm telling you, I, it feels so good. It feels so good. We drove around the Gatch 
flags. I wish there was the Italian festival running, which it would have been at the time. Would have been bananas. Um, but it, you know, it was. Yeah, it was I'm happy for you though. It feels good. It feels really good, boys. Because um, I know, and, I know you're someone that gets stressed a lot easily, quickly. Um, so you know, this this probably made you in a better mood for and the, it, at least two weeks. So and and this Italian team, like I said, and, and Mace mentioned it too, which which is good. He teed me up for, or I don't know if it was Tom, but a team that didn't qualify for the World Cup comes back, qualifies. And then wins. They were eleven to one odds to win um, the Euro Cup. They did. And you usually it, don't gamble much, Alan. I like you text me sometimes to say, you know, throw some money on this team or this team. And I was, I, I don't know. Obviously, I was I'm biased, but yeah, I was waiting for the text. We could have made some dough, but I know. I wish I did. It, it, sometimes it's good not to have the superstar, not to have the not, not the Ronaldo, the Messi. These were right. all. It was a deep team of really good players, right. and they all stuck. They bought into the system. They played a whole different new type of Italy soccer, and they got the job done. Euro Cup champs, and now it makes me even happier that this team, one year later, we will be in. Obviously, we'll, we'll be in the World Cup, and we'll see how it goes. We might lose a few players due to retirement. We'll see, but. Now I'm excited for the World Cup. Keep running with the momentum. Yes, please. What is there soccer in the Olympics? Is that yes, but game? none of the pros go. Not not many of the pros choose to go. I'm not sure if there's if they're not allowed to go or not, but I know that not many not many pros go. Um, but yeah, because it, it was we it I think it's because just the sole fact that the Olympics would just be the World Cup kind of deal. Right. Um, so I, I I think that's why they don't uh, play, but um, yeah, yeah, it's a good good question, but very excited. Um, so let's before we move on further into the weekly lift, let's get into our interview. We need to get and send it over as a treat. You guys are gonna love this one with Jay Cisco and Steven Rabsky, our boys from the ID. Send it off to them now. Four! Ladies and gentlemen, as part of the BTB at the ID invite series, it only made sense to have the two guys that take care of the course day in and day out. He and his team has never disappointed and is the reason the course is in prime condition every time we play for the past 12 years. We are very lucky to have such de dedicated people who take such good care of the idea that we play every single day. From Sudbury, this person has gone to the University of Massachusetts Amherst for turf management and the University of Guelph for horticulture. Safe to say he knows this stuff. And he's added a key addition to the team with another special guest from Sudbury who's become a big fan of the pod. He pulled him back from Southern Ontario and he's here today. We love him. Please welcome the golf superintendent of the Idaho Golf and Country Club, Jay Sisko, to the Behind the Bench podcast and assistant golf course superintendent, Stephen Ravsky, to the Behind the Bench podcast. How are you boys doing? Doing great. Great. Thanks. Awesome. So, boys, that's right. That's right. It's a, only for the best. Only for the best. So, talk to us. What have the past few days been like heading into the invite weekend, getting the course prepped? Well, I mean, I think some of the things that change, obviously, is we're trying to make sure the green speeds up and they're, you know, they're the bread and butter the defense of the course. So we try to work towards, you know, juicing them up a bit. And then outside of that, trying to clean it up and really just present a tidy, good looking product. 
you know, love making it. sure we can see all the details. Love it. Love it. Steve, this is uh, this is your first invitational weekend. Have you heard of the invite before uh, getting the job here at the ID, or is, have is there prestige around this tournament from come from the outside? Yeah, I've heard rumblings that it was quite a big deal, and and when I first got here, um, I was told that it's it's a large tournament. I didn't realize how big it was. Um, so yeah, having had some fun invites in my previous workplace i i always look forward to this time of year it's always fun to kind of showcase the the golf course and the work that our team does so yeah i'm 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 anxious to see just how uh how big this tournament is so yeah i'm excited oh it's a good one for sure best weekend of the year absolutely uh guys did having the extra month of uh with covid restrictions happening having that extra month help prepare for this weekend at all or get the course in better shape or were you guys ready to go right at the start of the year well, I mean, it's funny, the the delay on the opening helped from one angle, but I think it hurt us on another. You know, just that daily grooming that you do is really what kind of gets things to tighten up, fill in. And because we weren't like preparing for golf, we were doing project stuff. I think that the place got, was pretty rough around the edges when we opened and it did take some time to get back from that. So you know, it helped us with the projects, but I think it kind of held us back. But right now, for the invite purposes, probably helped us. Yeah, the course is in awesome shape yeah. uh, coming from both of us. Uh, I can't can't remember the last time it was looking this, this green. Um, Jay, one more question for you. Um, being here for so long, like what's the biggest difference that you've seen in the 12 years of uh, your time at the ID? Like what's changed the most? Um. Like, I think one of the big things that I've done here is really just clean the place up. It's, I feel like it's more refined. And then, you know, a lot of the change that maybe people don't see is, is like way tighter lies because we're lowering the height of cut on the fairways all the time. What we've done around those greens on six, 10, 11, you know, changes like that. And, and obviously drainage. It's my passion. Outside of my wife, it's my passion. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the biggest challenge you've had in terms of drainage at the Idlewild? Would you say it's, I know there's a lot of work done on five um, in the past years. What would you say, Jay? Um, well, I definitely would have to give credit to my predecessors because, you know, they kind of had a lot in to build off of, but it, it, it's a tough property and it's all clay and you're not getting any water moving through the soil up here. So right. you, I mean, as for challenges, uh, you know, and what's the next one, probably number six is our next challenge. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. And, and you guys have done a, done a great job so far. Like you can tell the changes you guys have made, I make a huge difference. Like I haven't seen five soaked like once in that lower, lower peninsula. So really good. Um, so for both of you guys and, and whoever can take this one first, doesn't matter. You guys have been in the industry for a while now, early mornings and long days for you guys. What keeps you guys motivated getting up each morning, you know, going out and, and doing what you do, especially dealing with COVID as well. What, what keeps you going every day? You go first. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. I, Cause I, I get that asked that a lot. And, um, oftentimes friends and family, tell me that I'm crazy for getting up that early and, and doing that. I think it's just something that you fall in love with. I fell in love with it a long time ago. And 
once you're kind of in and it's hard to get out, like you're, you're, it's, it's in your blood really. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, one of the things that drives me is, is coming to work with good people. I think that's a big part of it. We always, I've always had a pleasure of working with good people. So that makes uh, work enjoyable. Um, but also the cool thing about working on a golf course is you get to see the changes throughout the season. So mm-hmm. it's almost, you get instant feedback from your work. Like you, you do things and then you see them get better. And it's kind of a rewarding experience to, to see your hard work kind of come to life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, you know, people like you guys who appreciate the work we do, it's always good to hear good compliments from members and give them that good experience. So I would say that's what drives me. Love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm driven by the day-to-day challenge. There's no doubt about that, you know, and kind of having a canvas to work with, there's an endless amount of opportunity here. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to hit the ball out of the park, not bunt it. So, you know, the Idlewild's given the opportunity for that, for sure, which is really good. And there's something for me to be said about, like, marrying the outdoors, nature, and sport. So I think that, you know, golf does a great job of that. And I take a lot of pride in the environmental aspects of this job as well. So I think that that's, you know, kind of what I look at. I love that. It's really just to add to that, like, yeah, like Jay said, it's, you're adding, you know, science, art, math, the environment, like it's, it's pretty much like the whole package as far as like diversity. Like a lot of people always say, oh, you just cut grass for a living. Well, no, it's not just that. I mean, right. we, do, we do, we do a lot of that, but there's a lot of other stuff involved. So I think every, every day is always different, which is, which is nice too. I like, I, I like it. And, and great answers. You, you guys are, you guys are built for media. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> in, invite week guys always talk about the speed of the greens. It's all about the speed, what, what the invite speeds are. So one, how differently are the greens going to be prepped compared to any normal day and how fast do you think you can get the greens going? Well, so what we'll do is, is today, we rolled and cut them. The machine gets lowered. So we're cutting at 0.105 of an inch for tomorrow. So that's under an eighth of an inch. And then what we're going to do tomorrow with the lowered height is we're going to brush them, double cut them and roll them. So I would imagine tomorrow if weather cooperates and everything, we'll probably pretty, pretty close to 10. Love it. And you know, in all my times here, all my years here, and I have pushed things like I've had the mower set to 0.085 of an inch before. And mm-hmm. things are difficult to get speed on just because of their construction. But at the same time, because of their slopes and undulations, like, you know, if you're up in 11, some of the pin placements are just unfair. Mm-hmm. So notice know, that quite a bit. <laughs> it, it's tough, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, like my goal, our goal obviously is to shoot to hit 11. Yeah. I hope. I hope we can do that, but you know, we, we need some cooperation from the environment, which looks like we're going to get that. Good stuff. Love it. Love it. Um, and obviously within by week, does your schedule change? Is it the most stressful time of the year for you guys getting the course prepped and how, how many hours do you think you'll be putting in to, to this weekend? Well, I mean, we, we work quite a bit on a daily basis <laughs> anyway. for sure. Yeah. What the invite does is we can't work during the day. So 
Um, for example, like tomorrow morning or sorry, Friday morning, the mechanic, he'll start rolling the greens at like probably quarter after three. Steve and I'll start at four dealing with the short game area. And then we'll have two greens mowers starting at four o'clock cutting the greens as well. Wow. That is wild. And then we do, uh, we'll come back in, in the evening. Um, we'll cut the fairways, cut the tees, get all the divots filled. So it's like a split ship. It's not really much, many more hours, but it is demanding. And a little more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A little more. I love it. I remember seeing the team going out at like seven o'clock at night to go roll the greens and get that all prepared back in my backdrop days. Uh, boys, can you guys talk to us about the pins? Do you guys place them in easier spots on like the Thursday, Friday, and then significantly get harder or. Are they pretty difficult throughout the whole weekend? So tomorrow the pins will be greasy just because we don't want to utilize the spots where they're supposed to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Gotcha. I've kind of got a, uh, one, I always put it in an unfair place front left on seven. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of one of the things that I always do. But other than that, um, I actually think the Friday is the most challenging set of pins Friday, okay. for, for sure. And then mm-hmm. beyond that, they're pretty fair, but, but challenging. Are so, the Sunday pins the same every year? They are. We're going off. Uh, I think we've, we've tweaked the Friday quite a bit over the years, but the Saturday and Sunday pins, they, I think have been around for quite a while. Love it. That's awesome. Love it. That is sick. Yeah, it's cool. Do you think we're going to see a red pin on 17 at all this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) No red pins allowed on 17. Uh, I was told told that on my very first day. He's like, no red (laughs) pins on 17, no blue pins on 13. 16's challenging too. Like 16's another green that I'm thinking is almost impossible, so... Oh yeah, Chimino had a good time on 16 last uh, week. Yeah, I don't know if you if you saw that video. That front pin is so greasy, and I was, oh, I was yeah. in the behind it. It rolled all the way down, but that is such a tough pin. My my request, one point in the year, maybe late October. I'd love to see a red pin on 17. That would be <laughs> amazing. I love that. We'll we'll be in touch. <laughs> okay, we can make that happen. I think so. I I love it. That'd be good. So. My next question for you is, do you want to see low scores on, on the opening day? Like, how hard are you trying to make this course play? Well, I mean, low scores. Like, I, I obviously always want to see the golf course, like, defend itself. Yeah. Which I think every year it always does. It, it never – It never. it's a tough track, it man. Like, you got to be on your short game here. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I want to see that, but Hey, I mean, people going out and lighting the place up is a good thing too, but I'm not so sure that happens often. <laughs> it, 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 it is rare. It is rare. It will break you to your knees if you don't put the ball in the right spot. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to see too. I mean, heck, like if you went out and shoot a low score, like, Hey, congrats. Like you, you, you play golf. Yeah, exactly. Like at, at the toughest, I would say this weekend is probably the toughest you'll you'll see the course play. Is that is that fair to say? I would think so for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like I mean, it all it all depends on what the weather does as well. Like for sure, low humidity and things dry out, it it can be a challenge. And if, I remember in years past too, like the wind at this place, eh? 
It's like it's turn wild. the off you know like my god it's it's actually unbelievable like it's it's so nuts how um like six like you can play the course in the morning and wins in the face on six seven and and downwind on eight and then you play in the afternoon and it's downwind like it changes all the time it's so weird but yeah it's, it's a good point and and i think we've been pretty lucky mace i don't know if you agree in terms of wind this year like it hasn't been as bad like as yeah previously. not as bad but yeah it's still always in the face on sixth yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah like yeah. if that if that wind's howling and things really dry out like i could see greens especially in the late afternoon or early evening getting really quick so if you're the morning round you'll probably see i guess it's safe to say you're probably going to see the greens a little bit slower and if it's windy it mm-hmm. it the speed changes throughout the day too right, right? Yeah. so uh, one more question on on the greens because I'm always interested in this one because I notice at different golf courses like you can always probably land land the ball you know close to the pin or or just short of it and it'll stick there at the Idlewild it's completely different you always have to be short let that ball run up like it's hard to stick shots is that just how the green is and how the the way it grows type of grass and if you can light me on that I'm I'm interested in that. Well, I think obviously environmental conditions play a huge factor in that, right? Right. Oh, like this, like the humidity. They're if it's moist, they're going to be more receptive. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's no doubt that the construction of the greens could lend themselves to be a little bit firmer. But um, I think one of the big things about our greens being firm is is we use um, a product here that we help with water management, and it's designed to firm things up as well. Cool. Okay. So cool. I think that you know the utilization of those tools helps also. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, do you guys pay attention to the golf during the weekend, or is it just tunnel vision on uh, getting the course prepared? I do. Yeah. I like to go watch like a couple to. of holes. Yeah. Love do you uh, any any guess on who's winning it this year from both of you guys? Any guess? How about let's say ID member or outside outside participant? Well, I guess Tristan needs to defend his title, right? Yeah, I agree. And then, um, well, I mean, there's the perennial guys that are always here. Rank, he's up there. And I heard that uh, Hager's going to be here too. And the guys from Timberwolves. So, I mean, it's tough. And then obviously Vince, I mean... (laughs) He's always around. He's yeah. always around. Always yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel like you gotta have um, you gotta have uh, the inside knowledge. Eh, is a good thing at this place. Big time, big time. Yeah, yeah. You need yeah. another course and a good caddy. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't answer, but uh, let's say somebody from the Idlewild. That's what I want That's to see. I love, love it. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Love. It. So speaking on course knowledge, how, how often are you guys actually getting out to play? You guys know the course like the back of your hand. You must be pretty good golfers. <laughs> we I've played, uh, I think, three times this year. So that's not enough. But <laughs> it, it, it's so funny, though, when you work every day and then you go and play, you see the golf course from, in such a different way. Yeah. And playing is very important as staff. And I we encourage staff to play as much as they can. Um, but yeah, I think it's important you play because you, you catch things that you might not otherwise catch while you're working. So to see it through a golfer's eye is important. So um, 
I like to play every what we've been trying to get out every two three weeks. Love it. Yeah. And I've only three times. <laughs> and what what what's the handicap? What do you guys use you shooting around at that at that? Uh, answer that. I played yeah. Sunday. I played Sunday morning and shot a ninety two. There you go. That's all right. I, I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm a bogey golfer, so I yeah. I think I shot I shot ter- I won't say my first sport here ever, but <laughs> Yeah, I was in the high 80s, 89 maybe, 88, okay. something like that. So. Sounds like you guys should be uh, a match against each other in the next bench brawl. Yeah. Well, could we, I, could... well we should be. We are. That would yeah. be a good match, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that would be awesome. Absolutely. I will take you guys on. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right. <laughs> are, there, uh, are there any other course supervisors that you guys kind of pay homage to or take tra- traditions or methods uh, from their style and put that into your, your art? Well, it's funny. I just actually um, wrote a reference letter for my previous superintendent that's getting nominated as the Canadian um, Golf Course Superintendents Association Super of the Year. And uh, one of the things that I put in there about him was just his ability to get stuff done on an annual basis in-house um, sourcing it out. But he just got so much done in a year. And I, I took a lot from him and I think that that's something that I'm pretty proud of being able to do here too. We get a lot done in a year Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that's obviously because of the team that we've got as well. That, that has a major factor in that, but my old super, his name's Jim Flett. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smart people out there. Um, And Twitter's a good resource for for the both of us i'm i'm on twitter at least i at least check my twitter once once a day and i i follow a lot of superintendents from all over the world and mm-hmm. you're always picking up new ideas or cool thoughts and different ways to do things so it's always nice when you can kind of bring some someone else's idea into the place especially when it works i mean sometimes they don't but that's like we're all kind of here to help each other so i love it yeah who who runs uh, the id turf twitter well, I kind of do that. And I love I it. Dabbling. I love it. it that's I, I'm telling you, that's my favorite too. Twitter profile to follow. I love seeing the yeah. updates in the morning. I, I got my notifications on it too, just in case you know rain delay, frost delay. I love it for the morning. It's great to get those updates. You guys are good for that. Um, next question for both of you: What's your biggest pet peeve that you see from golfers on the course? Oh. <laughs> Like we only have to say one. <laughs> Give me your like Mount Rushmore, maybe top oh. three. <laughs> wow, I I know what mine is. I just cannot stand seeing people lazy in a golf cart. Yeah, I, I just like we are a busy golf course. We've got tons of tons of pinch points, and like we have the signage out there and rules in place to make your experience better and and take care of the property, like. You know, like, why do you need to pull off the cart paths when you pull up to a green? Why do you need to do that when you go to a tee? I just, I would say laziness when you're driving a cart. Okay. I, I would have to say, for me, it's, I think it's ball marks. Not repairing I was, I was ball mark. Like, I, I just find that such a, and, and I understand people often say, well, I couldn't find my ball mark. Well, I'm sure you could find another one to fix. Even if you don't fix your own, it. Like if you're not walking off the green to having at least fixed one or two ball marks, whether it was your own or someone else's, like, I just think you're, my thought is you're leaving that green for the next group to come through. And if you're leaving a big ball mark, 
I just find that bad. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. Like, and we've noticed multiple times this year, just like the greens pelted. No one's fixing their divot. It makes no sense. Uh, especially on the green, it's right there. Like, and like you said, you should be able to find at least one. <laughs> yeah. I'm always pumped when I get to fix the ball mark because I hit the freaking green vine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes you feel good taking out that divot repair tool. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like not raking bunkers used to be another one, but now like, since I mean, I know the rakes just came back, but prior to the rakes, you know, being out there, um, it didn't really bother me. I don't think it really bothered anybody. You've seen footprints. Like it was, it was okay. But prior to COVID when there were rakes, like somebody not raking their bunker properly, like again, for the next person to come through, I just found that to be, it just kind of, you look at that and cringe a little bit. Yeah. The ignorant for sure. For sure. I, I agree. Um, Jay, a little bit off the golf scene. I, uh, I've heard there's a story, a great hockey story about you and Ron McLean. Is that true? And if it is, could you enlighten us about that? Where did you hear that? I can't tell. I can't reveal my sources, but. Oh, that's a deep dive. Yeah. I mean, when I played high school hockey, he, Ron McLean, ejected me from a hockey game. Is that the story you heard? That's the story I heard. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I can't even remember what I did. I was probably just being just a, just a bad human being. <laughs> like, you know, like as in Ron McLean. The nicest, yeah, that's the true. nicest human ever. That's true. <laughs> oh my god, that is so good. I love that. All yeah. right, awesome, that's- awesome. And and sticking with hockey, we always ask our, our locals about this. Do you guys have any take on the Sudbury Arena situation downtown Kingsway? You guys have any take on that? Oh man, that's a you yeah. know I, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I think. I mean, I obviously like would like things downtown, but if it doesn't work downtown, right. you know, they obviously need to do something. Like, you can't be standing in a pool of water when you're showering every time. Yeah, I agree. Right, yeah. you know? Yeah. I would mean, be nice to see something happen. I, I'm for whatever works, you know, but, like, make mm-hmm. it happen. Yeah. yeah I, I think I think whatever they do, should it, it'll be good, and any it, it's going to drive business to the city and, and tourism and stuff once this all all the COVID goes away. But I think, I mean, yeah, I think both would be, I'm on board for whatever. Like it. Okay. That's fair. So this is the burning question then. Uh, If the rink does move, are you guys keeping the wolf in the arena or are you going to retire the hanging wolf with the old one? I knew this was coming. Oh man. I'm so prepared for this. Like when I came up here, because I'm not from up here in the first game that I went, I'm like, what the hell is that thing? (laughs) They better put it in the new arena. Yeah. <laughs> That's such an awesome. Like, isn't it roadkill? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you that cannot. Awesome. You cannot take that thing out of there. That no. that has to stay. That's yeah. Even as a kid, I know. I every other podcast I've listened to, they said when I was a kid, I remember going and seeing the wolf, and I was the same kid. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The wolf is a hundred percent. No one's ever said to retire it. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So this is our last part of the the interview where we ask five rapid fire questions. Whatever comes to the top of your head, let it rip. I'll send it over to Mace, and you guys can go. We'll, we can start. We'll go Jay then Stephen. Um, each time we go. All right. All right, guys, where's the next travel destination you want to go to now that COVID's loosening up a bit? 
I hope I can go to Florida. We got a place booked. Love it. I'd like to go. Uh, I've always wanted to drive the the West Coast, like down to California. I always thought that's that'd be cool. That'd be nice. really cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Big uh, golf question here. What's your favorite type of grass? <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite type of grass is annual bluegrass because that's what our greens are here. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, favorite type of grass that wasn't expecting that, uh, bent grass. Cause it's probably what survives the winter the best. So <laughs> I love it. All right. What's your favorite pin placement you put at the ID? Oh, that's a good one. Favorite pin placement at the ID. Hmm. Huh? Well, that's a tough one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you go first. Well, you said seven. <laughs> you said the front on seven. Yeah, yeah, I do like that one. But I think now that we've got that like cut out, and I always did like it before on uh, number eleven. Is, is that like mid left pin placement on eleven to get the ball to trail off? I love that one. <laughs> I hate that one. It'd be my answer. I, I like that spot too. I also like the front pins on thirteen. I just think they're like that's nasty. a tough, nasty tough spot. Pin. So. Yeah, absolutely nasty pin. Yeah. Uh, if there was one hole on the Idlewild that you could redesign or tweak a little bit, what would you want to do? Um, well, for me, it would be definitely number one green. Like blow that thing up, put it farther back, make it three times the size, fill the pond in, and turn that all into bunkers. Oh, I like that. I like that, Jay. For I'm going to answer purely based off the fact that I always play this hole really bad. It'd be number 12. Okay. I, I don't think I've shot under nine on that hole. <laughs> I just, the, the blind shot, I know it, it's a, it's a, it's a hard hole. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like Jay's idea because that green tends to struggle at times. That would so be that, cool. I like that idea, Jay. Any thoughts on, on 13? I know there's always the, the debate about the big hill trying to move that or something. You guys ever thought about anything with 13? Um, I never have. No, no. I've never. Okay. Right? That's just yeah. Chad's dream. Cool. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to West Mount Golf Club before, but they've got like a tow rope that you can hold on to that you kind of. No way. I'm pretty sure Mississauga has like a, a cage or something where they'll like carry your bag up and down the hill or something. Come on. Oh I my think, God. That's like, why. Like a bear belt or yeah, something. So maybe yeah. We can look into something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Final question of the interview. We ask every single person this, what is your favorite Sudbury restaurant? Oh, that's easy for me. Mine's P and M's. Yeah. P&M's P&M takes it. That, that one's yeah. our leader. Yeah, our leader yeah. in the clubhouse for sure. Awesome. I would say the Laughing Buddha is a close second though. Yeah, okay. I like it. Some different. I actually haven't heard the Buddha in a long yeah. time. So, okay, I like it. Well, listen, guys, it's been an absolute blast. Um, we want to definitely deep dive deeper into your careers and a little more about the course. I'd love to do that in person, but this was good to talk about the invite and that. So thank you. And what you guys do for the course, the hours you guys put in, it really is appreciated. We love golfing it. And the way you guys keep it in such good condition means the world to us and we, and we love it. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and keep doing what you're doing with the, with the course. So thank you so much. Yeah. I'll, I'll say one thing. The team deserves all the credit here. That's love it. 
what it's all about. So mm-hmm. can't do it yourself. Glad you noticed. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks. Four. And that was the interview with Jay Cisco and Steven Ravsky. Absolute beauties. You can tell they love their jobs. Mace, thoughts? Uh, it was really cool just to see them sit down in the shop together. I don't even know how they made time for it, like for an interview for half an hour with us, but I don't know. The ID is going to look good. Uh, I wish I was playing this weekend, but got some other things going on. Chim, you're caddying this weekend? Yes. So uh, it's a good way to tee it up. BTB live at the invite. We will be there. Uh, Mace and I will be roaming around there. Um, I'll be caddying for Kevin McClellan, so I'll give my updates when I can. Um, but I will be out there grinding, focused on bringing championship home. I know Kev doesn't like me saying that, but it doesn't. Whatever. I obviously want to make match play and, and do well. And it's all about, like I told him today, have fun, smiles, easy swings, and thumbs up. That's what we're going to be doing out there Ooh, all day. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll be, but I'll be out there dialed and pretty proud to say that I got, I'm only one. I, I don't know where the caddy bibs went from the Idlewild, but I'm one of the only ones that still has one, the OG caddy bibs. Um, so uh, I don't know where they, someone took them or what, but I was able to keep one. So this is a uh, big weekend up. for you. I know this is important for you and obviously for Kevin. So. I'm excited to get some very updates. Excited. Right? I'm very excited for when we play. I think if there's a gal, I think we would all played. But oh, I would have played. Um, but sure. next year, next year, I think if BTB is still going, which I think uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful it will be, we'll be there. It will be live playing at the invite right next. And time. then live at the gala when Chen's yeah. shredding tile. That's right, right. Miss? for sure. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so back <laughs> to the interview, guard. though. Back to the interview. I mean. Those guys, I, it, it really is unbelievable the job they have and the way they perform and the way they talk about it. Like, I could have sat there and asked them as many questions as I could about, like, these guys rarely play the golf course, but they're always setting it up. And what I really liked what Jay said is that, you know, we want to see the course defend itself. I've never had, like, that take on a golf course. Like, you're going out there, you're playing the golf course, which is, which is interesting to see. What did you think about that, Mace? I thought that was really cool. I also loved when he talked about the front pin on on seven. Dreadful. Yeah. Um, but hearing the guys just laugh about some of the things that we find funny as well, just the like the red pin on seventeen. I hope uh, that comes out this the year. The pin on eleven. We requested it. We requested it. Yeah. Um, also, anyone planning the invite, you're listening to this Friday, and you should have heard it in the interview. Will be greasy out there uh the pins are going to be nuts so watch out there's going to be a lot of people with broken heart syndrome out there and and we just scratched the surface about the history of the course the history of the tournament like just scratched the surface like even off air i asked them one question and i got like a whole story about the course which is wild so i can't wait to sit down and actually talk uh with them in person and steve rabsky also was electric too um it's its first i had a wild invite experience setting up the course for two so interesting stuff but it was a lot of fun all right, boys, let's move in to the weekly lift. Talk about the Habs playoff run. So it came to an end, obviously, Tampa Bay winning in five. Uh, I thought the mayor was actually going to jinx it for them. Um, it just makes her look, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say about her. But anyways, the uh, Tampa got it done. And I mean, Kucherov, I've never seen someone like get as in one as that guy for like consecutive days straight. Pat Maroon dented the cup. So much going on. Boys, let's let's hear your thoughts on the Stanley Cup final. 
Um, if frick, it feels like it's been forever. I feel like it's been. A I month. know. Oh my god, talking about this, what do I remember most about it? Tampa was just too good. Obviously, the better team. Um, hate to say that with two Habs guys on this podcast. I, I think you guys will admit to it that Tampa was just, you know, too deep in the end. Um, and just feeling like it made sense for them to go back home and to win, you know, with their family there. Because mm-hmm. in game four, when they had a chance to sweep, you were hearing stuff about, you know, they don't want to win. Like hockey players professionally just don't go out to lose on purpose. But the family wasn't there uh, in Montreal. So I guess you can say they wanted to go home and win it with their family. Uh, you're, you're talking about Kucherov, this guy. Is, I don't even know. He might not He might not play next year just because his hangover is going to be too, uh, too bad. But, um, yeah, that's basically what I have on it. I want to hear from the Montreal side, you guys, you guys sad, you guys happy. They went this far. Like let, let's, let's hear that side of it. My take. And I don't know if Mace will agree with me is everything after beating the Leafs in seven was all gravy. Um, and it was just a treat to go to Stanley. Oh, well, now you're saying that because they no, I said that the whole way. No, you haven't. That's yeah, the I did. First time yeah, I did. yeah, I did. No. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Mace. Uh, I, I really built up faith after that one win i i honestly had such a feeling that i thought it was going to happen um win four in a row to win the cup after being down three i'm a little heartbroken still but i don't know like all those players it's just yeah it is like gravy like chim said uh caulfield has more points than marner does in his playoff career now all right um who else suzuki has more stanley cup finals goals in Matthews. Listen, listen, Montreal will be very lucky. And you can quote me on this. Maybe this can be the first quote, okay, boys, that we post from the pod of actually recording. They'll be very lucky to get into the playoffs. Into that, like The visions are going to be the same next year. They'll be lucky to get in. No Price, no Weber. Caulfield still might feel himself out and might not have a good year. Who knows? They're going to lose. Listen, they got Price. Price is hurt. Price is hurt. No, that was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The is gonna be gone. Maybe he's gonna sign somewhere else with a new pizza deal that he's gonna get. Who knows? So yeah, Phil Deneau, that that one's gonna hurt for sure. But I do I, I don't know. I think it, it was crazy to see how it all fell out. You know, they just lose. Now price might have went to the Kraken, which obviously didn't happen. You had Weber, who now probably is not gonna play, he's gonna probably retire. Um, but on the other point, my favorite part about this is at the end of the playoffs, they always tell you what the players were playing with. Yeah. You guys had broken hands. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had suffered a broken rib in game six of the, uh, the Islanders game. He wore what did, a black jacket. Hey, Hedman was uh knee or something. I no. don't know, but he, but I know that Kucherov wore a flak jacket and got nerve shots into him, which was yeah. nuts. Um, and I mean, I, guys are warriors, but I mean, Tampa's they're Tampa. They're good. Can Tampa three Pete? What do you guys think? I mean, they lose, uh, obviously our next assignment is the expansion draft. They lose Yanni Gord. They're basically their whole third line is going to be gone. Barkley Goudreau got traded to the Rangers. Coleman's a free agent, but they, they kept their core. Like you can, you can say that Gord was a part of their, their core, but I'm going to like disagree to that. Um, they had that third line, but they didn't really lose any big names and you never know what they can do in the offseason. Obviously you said they're $18 million over the cap. So losing that third line is basically going to break them even if Kutrov plays at the start of the year. Um, but who knows, like that core is so good with, you know, Kutrov, Stamkos, Palat, like 
and their decor and Vasilevsky. And obviously you can't count out their coach because obviously a head coach matters in the NHL and obviously in the playoffs and John Cooper. So I don't know a three beats going to be tough, but they got the group to do it. I think. Absolutely. All right. And yeah, Mace, what do you got? I just think they're going to be tired next year. You saw yeah. Pittsburgh in 2017, Washington just kind of walked through that, that yeah. series walk, not walk to the cup, but yeah, like there's going to be a team hungry and, and hot. Yeah, I like it. And it could be the Seattle Kraken, and that's the next part here is the expansion <laughs> draft. A very young team, very surprising expansion draft, um, but not surprising in the sense that Frank Cervalli, uh, Elliot Friedman, and Pierre Lebrun broke the whole team. Okay, well, here's the issue to that is that the NHL, and the, I guess the NHLPA has to have their list in by 10 a.m. of the expansion draft. So obviously those guys are going to know what's happening after 10 a.m., which they, yeah. they, they're doing their job. It's, you know, it's stupid that they're breaking it because they come 8 o'clock, everyone's excited for it, or was supposed to be excited for it, but everyone knew. Nobody really probably watched, right, because everybody knew from them, like you yeah. said, on Twitter. But why don't you keep it protected until after yeah. the 8 p.m. Eastern live show? Like, you yeah, know how many people would have watched that and nobody would have known? Well, like, like, you know. like with Vegas. Yeah, no exactly. No one knew the team. Exactly. Um, so it was weird. It was really weird how it worked this time around. But And here's my take to this on Seattle. Obviously not a very, I would say, good draft in a sense of how many players there were actually out there to take right. that were good. Like, they no Tarasenko, no Johansson. No, um, Domi, no, um, Price, Price, Price Duchesne, uh, JVR, Borchek. Like. So, I think you know, Tom said it before the show there's 20 some million dollars they have in cap. They took the least amount they could get while still getting quality players. I think they're gonna go after someone big, maybe you know, trade for uh, Jack Eichel, something like that. I think they're gonna. They got to yeah. go after someone. They do have the second game. overall pick, so that maybe they to use that as trade that. Bait. Like, who you knows? Know? Yeah. Or maybe who they just want to stay. Just... They want to stay pat for the first three years to see. And then, you know, they don't need to fill up. They have, like, $28 million. They don't need to use all 28 this summer. Like, you know, they can still have, like, 15 come start of September. But I don't know. No like, Landis Cog's out there. Maybe they're going to be interested in Zach Hyman for a sign-in trade. Like, who knows? Right? Yeah. I know it was weird. Some of the people they picked, like I thought Troy Stetcher was going to go for sure from, yeah. from Detroit, but uh, I, I was shocked. They went D shocked. heavy though. I mean, Giordano uh, left that. Calgary and I read something pretty cool on Twitter because he didn't get drafted in NHL, right? So he was, his quote was, this is basically my draft day because Seattle took him because he was an undrafted player in the NHL. So um, I don't know. It's going to be a pretty cool city to, I don't know if we're ever going to go and watch a game. I would like to go in that arena. I always, yeah. I always said I want to go watch in Vegas too, but Seattle City and the, the scene they, they built looks pretty uh, pretty legit. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, Tom. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, like you said about Judano, that's crazy that, you know, now all, all this time with, with Calgary now he's gone. Like, just like that. That's just how they expand for work. Which is crazy. And I know you, we always say like on this paw that it's a business, like really any professional sport is, but how, how would you feel now? Like not even, cause you're not really pissed that the organization that you were on traded you. Like, it's just like, are you, are you pissed that, you know, 
the team to protect you? Like, uh, how do you, how do you think like Giordano and those guys feel? Or are these guys that won the expansion draft? Are you like well, mad I, at I, your organization that you're just at? Like, I think I don't know how you feel though. The person that's hurting most from this, I would say, is Yanni Gord. I mean, you leave that freaking team in Tampa yeah. Bay to to this, to this, which I don't know what it's going to be. But Giordano, I think you got to understand with his age and all that. Like, and I probably like obviously you know like being in Calgary, but they're going nowhere anytime fast, which they've totally underperformed. Um, so and he's a UFA after this year, anyways, right? So yeah, exactly. Who knows? Play one year with Seattle was- and maybe go back. Yeah. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens and see what happens with the Do you think the crack can make the playoffs? Uh I I can't say that answer right now. In two right weeks now, no. free agent starts. Yeah. Right now, no. I'm gonna give that but answer too. We'll see who they pick up. We'll it's see. early though. Yeah. Yeah. On to the BTB bench brawl. The boys took a tough, tough L to Carter Grace and Chris Clark. It was actually one of the most electric matches. I've ever been a part of it was hilarious. It was I, I've had you know I never had that much fun playing on a golf course and losing because um, it was it was, a right. blast. it was a blast. But I mean every moment waking time I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack just playing. Like just like so much stress, so much. Those guys really poured it on uh, near the end. Tom, what was your thoughts on it? And considering how bad that me and you played out when we lose to them on 18, like kudos to Mason. He was also there for the whole four and a half hours. Mace five killed hours the, the socials. Room. Mace killed so, the socials. Yeah. Mace, thanks to you for making that content even better. Um, Chim, Carter putt- and Chris were electric yeah. on the greens. Yeah. Chem, your putt on 16. I mean, and I don't like giving excuses. I wasn't 100%. Al, Mace, know that. I mean, I, I can't wait for the revenge. The ribs finally feeling 100% again. Um, we both shoot what 88, 87 now, and we lose on 18. So, I mean, we we play a little bit better golf, I think we beat them. Um, but yeah, like you said, just it was so fun with those two guys, even though we lost. It's in the end, like you said to me after the match, even when we FaceTime late at night, you said it's all good content. So, well, I know I mean, we lost, I was pissed, you were pissed, but it's in the end, it's good content they, for the pod. They, so. There's got to be a rematch, there, there's got to be a rematch for sure, base. We haven't even talked about Tom's phantom rib injury in the 24 hours. I show up on Wednesday to play men's night. I look at Tom. He's sitting in the car with Jacko. Jacko's got a full green outfit on with a white belt. I don't even know what he looks like. I can't even describe it right now. Christmas but, tree. It was die. Yeah, I guess Christmas tree. The little foil wrapped around. Mace, so it wasn't Tom, phantom. Tom, even Tom's got an ice pack on his ribs. Yeah, like, yeah. Mace, you're, you're probably playing tomorrow. I go out and proceed to shoot maybe 50 i'm like tom i can't play yeah yeah if you were any lower man you're you're taking it i'm like 50 mace i can do that with this rib no i i wish upon you know nobody to have this rib injury it's honestly you can't cough you you can i couldn't even sneeze boys it's finally like feeling good i've i've gotten so many rehab stretches you have no idea first it was the back now it's the rib i was gonna say if the rib it's wasn't, terrible. you know, if the rib, you know, he wasn't working, we might would have had to set set you up with some nurses. We could have set you up with Loretti or Nurse Extraordinaire Madison Marcon. We we have a bunch of nurses on on the line. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you, you're, you're totally right with E. Taylor McGaughy. I mean, you're totally like, right, but I did see physio. Um, we may need to, we may need to hire our own physio <laughs> just to follow us during the bench balls. So Tom can get oh, around. I'm them. fine, dude. Come on. 
Why? Yeah, well, you, maybe we need our own like psychologist for you because you're just like in your own head the whole time. Like, I, I don't know. It's the same I, thing. I agree. I agree. I think I, I need that for sure. Maybe but, we just need to sub sub me in and while well, you know, Mace is going to get a shot teams. for sure. Eventually. I think you give us one more one more chance. If we lose again, I think Maze is subbing in for one of us, a hundred percent. But we both we are lose bad. Again, My apologies, Al, in that match. I was. I terrible. apologize to you too. We we both sucked, um, but we stuck around though, like we did. You know, we want if Tom. The guys are pushing us to play the week after. I wanted to avoid that. We have. I, I'm not joking. Like a rolodex. Of people we need to play yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's absolutely but, ludicrous. but august we, is going to be busy i guess i don't know how we're going to uh, we're gonna be playing we may have to pre-record some because that's how many bench balls we're playing it's the talk of the id everyone i walk up to want to play bench ball the pietros are talking smack i hope they're oh. listening to this i can't oh. wait to get in those guys heads it's gonna it, well oh. that match is gonna be like call of duty modern warfare mental <laughs> warfare that that is gonna be nuts but um on a good note tom losing we still win because the boys will be yes. donating the hearts playbook so like i said we'll, we'll keep a running tab and then at the end we'll see how much money with the btb cup that will come at some point in time we'll raise a ton of money with that too and one big check at the end send it off uh to the to that foundation which is which is unbelievable um also, and, and and mentioning the Hearts playbook and, and people that struggle with heart disease, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we should send our condolences out to um, Chris Ketch, uh, Chris Ketchiati. His uh, son, Evie, died um, from, from heart disease, um, who was only f- about, I think, four years old. Um, he put a, a beautiful post about him. Um, and, and, and you know what? This is what we're all... Uh, you know, donating for you know people like this that that need the help, um, because it, it's not it, it's not a fair thing to to go through, especially as a as a little kid. So we're sending our thoughts out to to Chris and uh, Leslie family because uh, they, they're great people. They didn't deserve it, but uh, like Chris said, which I really like, he said, "Legends never die," and little Evie was a legend, so it, the spirit will never die for sure. But I, we're talking about the. The uh, Hearts playbook, I thought it'd be uh, right to, to mention that. So condolences out to them for sure. All right, boys, let's move on to the NBA Finals. The Larry OB will be heading to the Acropolis, Tom. Um, <laughs> I'm on 50 chicken nuggets. Yanis Antetokounmpo did it. Tom, this is all you, buddy. Yeah, the only thing that ruined this whole, I'm going to swear, fucking thing is I don't get this sport, how they give the trophy to the owner. And these owners, I don't know how, like millions of dollars they're worth. And they're wearing a hoodie, track pants, jeans. Like, like I'm looking at it after I'm, I'm, I was obviously very ecstatic, a little emotional. Giannis is crying. He's like, he didn't even go to any of his teammates. He went right to his family. Um, you know, he started playing basketball. I forget the age, but 13, I think. I forget the video I was watching, but this guy was a beast. And so many guys went ahead of him in the draft. Um he was about there was rumors a couple of years ago that he was gonna sign with the Raptors because there's a great community there, all this shit. He stayed with Milwaukee. Uh, he wanted to win with his franchise. And plus you heard it in the interview after. Um, you know, he didn't want to join a super team because he said uh, like it, it was too easy or it's easy to win when you go join better players. But him and Chris Middleton got it done, a very underrated star. Um, but I was going back to the owners part. I don't get how they give the like the trophy to the owners first. They gotta give it to the players. It's ridiculous. Know, it's well, not listen. Even in 
even in football, even in the World Series, the trophy won the trophy they played for and just a celebration after nothing compares to the Stanley Cup. Like No. no. And no. here's the difference, though, because all those sports, I know it's very easy for everyone to come on the field because there's no boards. You know, people don't have to put their skates on. Um, you know, it's very secluded for hockey. But what I was seeing yesterday is that the basketball court is crowded with people. Let them enjoy with their teammates first. And then maybe five minutes later, you can open up the, you know, the court for their family to come on. I know, you know, you want to see your, you know, your loved ones, your kids and all that stuff. But the, the hockey players don't do that for the first 10 minutes. You know, they're celebrating with the guys they went to war with. But yeah, no, I, I what, agree. What do I know, though? Like, once you want to, like, you know, if me, you and Mace are on the same team. I want to hug it with you guys. We've been together for the last three months or the whole year, you know, for this goal. No, I know. I know. I, I agree. No, no, there's no celebration like, like the Stanley Cup. Um, but, but like like you said, though, sorry, Giannis, bringing it back to the motherland. He's got to have a time, and I can't wait to see those videos because not sure if you guys watch. I know you guys don't care about the NBA. He went on FaceTime. Um, he was talking to somebody in Greek um, saying that he's going to bring it. He's bringing it home. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it was all in Greek. So I thought that yeah, was pretty awesome. It's wicked. Like, just like the the gift of life, man. That guy got a, a chance, like legit out of nowhere, yeah. Um, and and grew into this player, right? Which is which is nuts. But uh, happy to see Milwaukee win. Happy to see Giannis win. Uh, as long as it wasn't LeBron, the Clippers, or uh, yeah. yeah, or Brooklyn, and they beat Brooklyn to get there. So uh, very deserved for sure. And uh, the Suns are a nasty team too. It's happy to see two teams like two teams both gave Raptor vibes, like. Yes. On that one, obviously doesn't amount to what the Raptors did, but those guys definitely, uh, it, it, it was cool to see. But let's move on. Blue Jays baseball is back in Toronto for the first time in like a year and a half, almost two years now, I think, uh, which is amazing. They lost 15,000 back at Rogers Center. I'm down to go to a game whenever you guys are. Um, Mace and I, I believe, are both going to Arkell's concerts. Um in august um so we're very Look excited to get, ba- get back to to normalcy see how that's gonna be um but very excited about blue jays baseball back in teal this might sound dumb but what's the capacity of the rogers is it the rogers is that yeah, what it's still even called 40 something thousand okay so 15 will feel like pies then but still they're allowed and to I come mean, back home and play Fifteen thousand, like yeah i think you're lucky to get that many people on a regular season, the last few years, yeah, you're lucky to get the MLB. That, okay, okay. But in the if MLB, you need tickets, like alone. If you yeah. need tickets, message Dawson Reality Star One Tickets. That's no right. free, free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Make sure you sign the check with the ballpoint pen and send it over to our boy Dawson Reality Star One Tickets. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, boys, those boys will be back in teal. They'll be able to have the ketchup chips once again. Um, not offered in the state. Blue Jay vibes, though, when you go to a game, it just feels like you don't even need to know anybody on the team. It's, it's just a time. It's, it's just, just a time. seeing powers there. They're fun now, yeah. too. The watch. Yeah. Fun team. A lot, a lot of offense. A lot of Vladdy's all-star MVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unreal. It's it's really uh, – like, the teams, they're sick. Um, but let's – Who's the free agent they signed, though? George Springer. George Springer. Dude, did you see there's a video of him and Vladdy dancing after a W is hilarious. Yeah, George Springer played like, like he 10 games. wants to be there, which is pretty cool. Um well you wouldn't think so. He signed that ticket. I know just signing ticket coming to TO. I just I hope that we can keep 
the Jays keep getting off their wallet. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, on the baseball topic, someone would like to update me on our Subber Voyagers. How we doing uh, with the boys uh, there? How we doing? Anybody got that? Yeah, I got to pull that up. Give me a second. So we have, um, which age groups? U14, U16, U18, mm-hmm. right? So the U14, um, they're slight, uh, they're in dead last right now, but hey, it's, it's early. They're three and eight uh, with seven points, but you know, there's seven points, seven points, eight points, eight points, 10 points. So they're, they're three points away from tight. Be, be, being tight. in third place. Yeah. Uh, U16, they are three and seven, very similar records, but again, two points away from being second place in that yeah. division. So one, when you can change it, a little BTB bump. And the 18 and under team, uh, they are actually in the middle of the pack and they are five and five, 10 points. And they're also two points away from being in second place. Love so, it. hey, we're sponsoring a baseball team. We know nothing about baseball. We we, we used to play. Did you ever play slow, uh, slow pitch out? Never. Softball. But Softball. I, I love the sport and I'm a big believer in JG Larock. Uh, who we had who we had on episode thirty three? What, what is Mason? Actually, laughing I need at? to laughing at me. Mason's laughing. At I have a baseball story. <laughs> no, I, I signed up to play baseball in the Coppercliff Park. Uh, I think it was probably like my fourth or fifth, uh, fourth or fifth game. I'm playing with like the Kirkwood brothers this year. Uh, pardon? This year? No, no. I'm like seven or eight years old. Okay, okay. Um, I'm running the bases, and the catcher steps up. She she's probably two or three years older than me, probably a foot taller than me, and just drops her shoulder into me. I go flying. I'm done. Baseball career over. <laughs> no. I'm, I walk oh home. I, I walk over to my mom, all scratched up. The Kirkwood brothers are all laughing at me. The Bell brothers are there. That is hilarious. That is a good story. Oh my god, me. Softball is actually fun though, and we we when we had the uh, the twins on the Magali twins on. Like they, they are very competitive as we all know. Um, my slow pitch stories, I used to get yelled at in the outfield by them and by their parents, but Hey, it's totally fine. Love them all. Um, and, and they used to skip you on the batting order. I was there. I witnessed one game. That was, yes, nice. you're right. You're right. But then I, 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 it. It's hilarious. And then I started hitting the, uh, hitting the cage and I hit one out of the park on the small field though, but it's okay. As soon as Keely got there, I hit one out of the park. It was, it was there you go. There you go. You gotta love it. <laughs> Yeah, hey boys, we gotta get out to a game. Like we gotta get out and, and go watch. Yes. Um, I I need to fact check, but I believe the last time I saw JG Roll, I'm pretty sure he wore 33. Like, and we had him on for episode 33. I gotta fact check that. That that's just me thinking uh, as as we're going along now. But we'll definitely get out to watch a hundred percent because uh, we believe in it. And we want to watch it. Let's do it. All right. Idlewild the invite is upon us, boys. BTB will be live at the invite, the 73rd annual Idlewild Invitational. Um, it's going to be another good one, uh, like always. And it's the first one back since COVID. Um, so very excited to see. Talent pool, I don't think the talent, it's going to be, you know, a chance for the young bucks, the guys from the Idlewild, I think have a very good chance to win due to the fact that I don't think a lot of the regular guys that come from T.O., the, the big names, maybe maybe I haven't even heard of Rank is going to be here. Um, but I think it's a good chance for the Addy boys to, to one of them to take it home. May Stutz? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly who's coming up. The Rank brothers should be here, or at least Kyle. Uh, we'll know that once we go to media day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chimino and I will be live from media day. 
uh, asking questions. Uh, maybe go Instagram live. We'll see. I'm excited for that. It's our first media day, Jim. We're big leagues now. Yeah, I don't know if we get a pass. Yeah, I didn't get the cut. No, I'm playing golf in the morning. That's why I'm not there. And I'm not very good at asking questions. That's why Mason, we're sending the the, uh, the two heavyweights. Yeah, okay. yeah. the A-team. Uh, the A-team. What was I just about to say? I was about to say something. So What's the weather supposed there? to be like this weekend, though? Nice on Friday, raining Saturday, nice Oof. on Sunday. Oof. Sticky Oof. greens on Sunday. Al, are you going to be okay to caddy in the rain? I'll be on a, I'll be on a car by then. Hey Al, how good did uh, that cage that Jay mentioned sound to drag up your your bag on? 13? Oh my God, yeah. So, yeah, when we asked him, Tom, we asked him about, you know, what changes would you make to the court if you had to redesign a hole, and, and Jay said he would change one, and Steven said he would change twelve. I said, what do you, what about thirteen? You guys don't want to change that at all. You know, maybe change the hill a little bit. So apparently some other courses that have even steeper hills actually have a cage for you to throw your bag in. It's like an elevator for your bag. That is so sick. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. I'm hearing rumblings that we're getting um, simulators for where the curling rink is and they're maybe going to move yeah, the patio I mean, in 2025. We're, we're going to cover that from the invite. Okay. There was a we'll get to the bottom. I think about to, uh, what they were going to do with curling. We will get back to you live from B2B. Who are we asking that to? I don't know, but back to the invite. What's the score to make champ flight? 74 and under? 75 and under. I think 75. 75 and under. I'll go fuck myself. Yeah. Well, no, I mean 74, 75. I think, well, if it's a nice day, absolutely. It's a par 68. Yeah, I think that's a perfect tee off to our uh, interview. But one sec, yeah. one sec. The last time I played in the invite in 2019, the cutoff for match play was 82. That was me. I was player 64. What do you guys think the cutoff for match play is going to be? <laughs> You're gold, man. I would say uh, 80, I would say 82 again. Yeah, like I was going to say low 80s. I was going to literally say 81. 82, 83. Yeah, I don't know. That's match play, Jim. We should have played. Maybe we should have been in the same group, put the same scorings, just so we can play. Yeah, play against each other. Yeah, we'll do a live venture all in the invite. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. But anyways, part sixty-eight. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, our guest Tristan Renault, I came up with the bold statement. He said the Blues are part sixty-eight to him, which I mean, if you hit the ball like him, I I'd probably call it the same thing too, but. Not to spoil too much of it, let's send it over to our interview now with the youngest person ever to win the Idlewild invite, Tristan the Show Renault. Yeah! All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's invite week at the Idlewild Golf and Country Club. And for those of you that don't know, it's Canada's oldest match play event running for its 73rd year. It's a test of character and durability as you can play up to 90 holes of golf in three days. What better way to kick it off than with the youngest person to ever win it? He's a Sudbury boy that has dominated the golf scene, winning the invite at 16 years old, winning Ontario Junior in 2017, and a whole slew of other tournaments in recent years. He's a member of Sam Houston State's Division One golf team. We're currently ranked 16th in the U.S. It is our honor to have Tristan, the show Renault, on Behind the Bench. How you doing? 
I'm good, man. You never miss on those intros. Wow. That's right. You know it, man. You know it. We got to get, get rolling right off the hop. You know it. You it's know funny it. you say that, though, Tristan, because some people that we've had on that Alex even had better intros than this, and they don't even, like, compliment him, and then he gets all butthurt after. So I don't, you said well, I don't know, man. I think I think you're great. I feel like I'm on SNL. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about, baby. That's right. I love it. Awesome, uh, um, yeah, no, I have the first question here. Yeah, so ahead, talk man, to us, Renault. It's it's obviously um invitational week. What's it like? Um, does the course obviously feel different this week? Yeah, I mean, uh anybody who's actually competed in it knows like there's a little bit more of a buzz around the ID, right? Like usually you walk around there and it's you know what I mean, like ho hum, but when the invitational run like comes around, uh, you can definitely feel something different in the air. There's, you know, there's cameras there sometimes, you know, everybody's ready to go. People are wanting to play, wanting to watch. So yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And you got to taste every little bit of it, winning in, in 2016 at the age of 16, the youngest to ever do it. What was that weekend like? And did you know at that time that you had a good chance to win it? Um, well, I was just coming off the Ontario junior win. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think I just come back from Ontario junior and then we had played Ryder cup. I played well in the Ryder cup and then, you know what I mean? I was hitting it well, putting it good, hitting it straight. I mean, and I was back in my home course. So yeah, I felt pretty comfortable. And were there any memorable shots that like during the round, you know, maybe it could have been tough holes there, a couple few holes, you know, where you, you thought like, yeah, I got to pick it up. And was there any shots where it was like, yeah, like, okay, I got a chance here to, to get it done. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much from the Friday qualifying. I mean, I think it was a pretty like just ho-hum, like go about your business 70. I shot that day. Um, Saturday morning was a pretty easy match. And then I, I ran into Ward Kyle in the afternoon and, and him and I had a pretty good bout and, you know, he came out blazing out of the gates and, and me and my caddy were like, Hey man, like, uh, I think he was like three under through five or something like that. Jesus. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's tough <laughs> yeah. to be with. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep going about my business and, you know, maybe he'll come back to me maybe I'll start making a move. And, and I did in the early part of the back nine. So, um, but definitely I'd say, I'd say the one shot that, no, a couple shots that really stand out to me was on the Sunday, I played Ryan Willoughby in the morning and I was on number nine and I can't remember what the match was at. I think we were somewhere close to dead even. And I remember being, it was a front pin on nine front middle. And I remember missing it on the right side of the green and I'm walking up to this chip shot and I'm like, I'm going to make this thing. Like this thing is going <laughs> in the hole. Like there's no way I'm missing it. And, and I ended up chipping in. Wow. And then in the afternoon match against Connor Watt, I missed it on the left side of the green and I'm walking up to the chip and I'm like, yeah, this is going in too. <laughs> I, I chipped it in again from the other side of the green Oh my! in God. the afternoon. So That's there was wild. those two. And then the other one was after that hole, we make the turn. And you step on a number 10 and it's a cold and rainy day, right? Like, right. That was brutal jacket. that day. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Rain gloves, jacket kind of day. Wind's blowing hard into off the left on 10 T from the blacks, which is a tough tee shot. Like, yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta hit it. I'd say 270 into that wind to be able to get it up there. And I just punch a three wood, like straight through the wind up to the middle of the fairway. And when I hit, when I made that swing, I'm like, yeah, this is over. Wow. 
That's why, man. That tee shot on a normal day, I I hate that tee shot, man. Yeah, especially on a back nine star day, Alan. Yeah, brutal. That's brutal. I like it from the blues. Just go for the green, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Mace, what you got, buddy? Yeah, Tristan, who was your caddy for that uh, invite win? So that was uh, Kieran Goche, actually. Okay, and who's on the bag this week? I don't know yet. I uh, I just actually got into the tournament a couple days ago, so I haven't quite figured it out yet, but. I mean, I picked up Kieran. Uh, I had no caddy when I showed up on the Friday that year. And then Kieran was hanging out on the tee because I think his younger brother, Simran, was caddying for Ward. And he was just like munching on a salad. And I'm like, Kieran, buddy, like, uh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just going to watch today. I'm like, you want a job? He's like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> no, so, wait, I, that's I took cool. him all weekend. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, if you need a good caddy, Ethan Bronchesky, all time. I don't know if he's playing, <laughs> but. He'll he'll bring. I think, I think he might be playing, but he'd definitely be high on my list. Oh, yeah, that's good. All right, one more for me. Uh, is there any match or opponent that sticks out to you all time from the invite? Uh, doesn't have to be champ flight, but like sometimes you get stuck in those good matches in some of the other flights as well. Yeah. Um, you know who gave me a really tough time was uh, well, I actually I lost this match, but Kyle Rank was a cool one for me. So I played Kyle in 2018 and he beat me in the semifinals and it was a cool match for me because, um, so when I was 12, the year before they let me into the tournament, I was doing the ball spotting thing, right. On, yeah. on the 12th hole. Yeah. And I remember, I'll never forget. He was playing Braden Kreiderman in the finals and you know, their match comes through and there's tons of people watching. And, you know, I asked a couple of people, I'm like, is it, this is the last group, right? They're like, yeah. So I decided to drop my flags, everything, like just left all my stuff there, phone and all. And I went and followed the rest of that match. And I was like, I mean, way too close to them. Like I was glued <laughs> to their sides the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And I remember their match being done on the 13th hole. And Kyle Rank, who I'd never met before, turned back to me after he won. He's like, thanks for following, kid. And then, you know what I mean? Uh, a few years later, I played him in the semifinals. That's I mean, he, he, I think wow. he, he beat me on 18, but we had a we had a really good match. Man, that's wicked. That is wicked. What How did they start letting you in to in, in the invite to be a junior? So this is this is a bit of a crazy story. So I was uh, I was 13. This was two, three weeks before the tournament started. And I'm hitting balls in the range. Like that's all I would ever do is just beat balls. And I remember Vince Palladino coming down. I think he had just gotten off work or something and and he was going to go play like a quick nine. And he just like, he yelled at me from the back shop. He's like, Hey kid, like you want to come play nine with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I step up onto the tee. He's like, by the way, we're playing the blacks today. And I'm like, Oh boy. (laughs) <laughs> I never, I, I, to that point, I had never played the blacks at the yeah. before. That was oh, the first time. Oh, makes sense. You're 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, we go out and play and you can fact check this with Vince. He shoots 40, kind of had an off day. I shoot 32. Holy shit. That's wild. From the I, I remember I made Eagle on the first hole, made like a 25 footer. And then I, I remember chipping in on eight for Eagle again. My God. And then, yeah, I come in at 32. You weren't playing the yellows? What's that, sir? (laughs) You weren't playing the ladies' tees? You sure? (laughs) I'm telling you, you can can ask him. I mean, I wouldn't believe it either, man. A 13-year-old, like, 
like Jesus. for me to look at a 13 year old is like you know what i mean Just yeah 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 but yeah i played out of my skin that day and uh i so we finish and i'm like oh my god like i just careered it yeah. that was great and then i i stick back and i keep hitting balls after we finish playing and then it was paul schweier at the time was still the pro and he comes out of the pro shop he said the phone's for you so i go and i answer the phone and it's vince on the other line he's like listen man i just talked to robbie how would you like to play in the invite this year that's crazy i was like absolutely man yeah man yeah that Jesus. is what a story. Have you played Vince in the invitational match yet? Or I did. I played him in the uh so before I played Kyle Rank. So in the quarterfinals, me and Vince went at it. And I, I think I beat him on I want to say 15. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, that's crazy, man. So yeah. that first year you had, how did you end up actually playing? Did you make match play that year? Yeah, so I remember it was rattling. Like, so I was, I was 13 years old. Right. And I had never even been on a plane before. And I got, I got cameras in my face. Like <laughs> CTV news is there covering it. I had to be at like press conferences to, you know, get interviewed. I was getting interviewed by like the Sudbury star and Randy and then, you know, CTV and yeah. like, I think uh, radio Canada, like the French program was yeah. there too. And um, so I, I was pretty rattled and they sent me off the back to start and, I think I was like five over through four. I ended up shooting 80, made second flight. And I think I lost in the finals for second flight. Wow. 13 yeah. years old. I mean, what more can you ask for? No kidding. But you know like, what? I was, I remember being like, after that first round, the qualifying, I remember being like really mad at myself. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's why. What, what are the expectations, right? Heading into it. Yeah. That, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Unreal, dude. Um, yeah. what's, what's your tournament mentality like compared to obviously just a casual round? It's a lot different. Oh, yeah. Um, like a casual round is sort of like, just hit it out there. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe I'll try some stuff that, you know, I wouldn't usually do, mm -hmm. but when I go into a tournament, um, everything is very calculated. And I, I don't want to say that, like, I think about percentages, but it's like, I'll always hit the shot that I know I can hit, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Type deal. So. And there's a few, there's a few golden rules that like, I sort of stick by that, you know, seem to keep me, you know, below par more often than not. Um, and that just comes with, I mean, you know, understanding like the tactics of golf, you know, not missing on the short side, not three putting. Right. If you hit it out of play, get back and play as fast as possible. I mean, if you can stick to those and have a, a decent skill set, then I mean, you're never going to be bad. Right, right. That's well, that's cool. Alex. That's Alex's problem. He always loses balls off the tee, and then uh, that, that's <laughs> see, it's it's the big numbers that that kills me, and that that's, that's why I'm a ten handicap. But yeah, that's that that's interesting. You say that work, um, Tristan, because Ward is a big percentages guy. I don't know mm -hmm. if you heard, but he's like love playing the percent highest percentage shot. I'm gonna play it right. So it's cool that you, you're more like I'll stick with the shot that I have. It may not be the highest percentage play, but that shot that you know you can hit and trust it. Right. That that's pretty cool. Yeah that you mentioned that um is there anyone any outside pressure to perform when you're in champ flight at the invite compared to like a first second third flight match i think i've always thought of outside pressure as you know outside pressure i mean it's yeah. like it doesn't exist it's imaginary yeah um it took me a while to get that but i mean i think 
I think getting into the tournament, I mean, shout out to Vince and Robbie and the whole committee because yeah. getting into that event early like that was huge for my development. Right. Because I got to, I had to learn how to be able to deal with uh, the, you know, the outside pressure really right. early on. Right. So, I mean, I'd like to say like I go out there and I trust my preparation and I feel like I've done everything, you know what I mean, that I could. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like that, then... I mean, whatever happens, happens, right? But yeah, I mean, there's a little part of me that's like, okay, this is the home tournament. Like, you're at your yeah. home club. Like, come on, man. Like, you know this place. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man. That's yeah there's cool always stuff. that little element. And obviously now, Renault, you being a little bit older, what would you say your prediction is for the first round for you? For the first round? What do you mean, like qualifying yeah, score? Yeah, for, for the qualifying score. What are you going to be satisfied with? Maybe I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I'll put it this way i think the blue tees are a par 68 to me that makes okay. sense i i could see how that how you okay so for sure if you think about it like i hit so driver on one and then i got wedge in right and then driver on eight and yeah. then i got like a mid short iron in right same thing on 12 12 is like iron mid iron yeah and then 18 is driver wedge again so i mean it's it's a par 68. So I, I mean, anything below that to me is good. Cool. Right. Okay. Watch for the course record. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Tough. Okay. Let's move it away now from the invitational. Let's bring it right back to the start. Like who got you into golf, Renault? And what age did you start? Yeah. So I actually had zero interest in playing golf <laughs> until I was about uh, 10 years old. And then, I mean, at that time I was, you know, just sitting in my basement playing video games. Like I, I was nowhere near an athlete and, uh, my parents were, they brought home a net from my grandparents' house. Like, you know, one of the nets that you you hit into and and they're like, just get outside, like, just go and do it. And I was just so sick of hearing it that I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'll go swing this stupid thing around (laughs) (laughs) and I would like just to shut you up. And so I get outside and I remember um, the first club that I had ever hit was my mom's. She had this old, like, you know what I mean? Set of uh, like, whatever, like ladies clubs yeah, yeah. from like discount golf. They're like a hundred bucks or something. I hit the eight iron and I remember hitting one shot. I think it was like my third swing. It came off like really well. Like it mm-hmm. felt like butter off the face. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't believe I just hit something. And then I'm like, okay, that was kind of cool. So I do it again, do it again, and then do it again, and then yeah. do it again. And then eventually I started punching holes in the net. And so they had to take me out to Stone Hill. And then, you know, I started playing a little bit there. And then my grandfather was a member of the Idlewild. And so for Christmas the next year, they all pitched in and got me a membership. And uh, I mean, I just, I stayed out there and hit balls and practice and practice. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anybody at the Idlewild, right? Right, right, right. I had to kind of, like, I was there for a reason because I, I loved to play golf and I wanted right. to get better. I wasn't there to socialize. Right, for sure. So, yeah. yeah. And the rest and then, is history, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. I actually, I have a, I have a kind of a surprise for you guys. I can't believe I found this thing, but so this is the club that I learned how to play golf with. So I would actually in the winter, any day that was, you know, higher than negative 10 degrees Celsius, 
I have like a green belt in my backyard. Yeah. And when it freezes over, the snow gets nice and packed down. So I go yeah. out in like boots and my parents would buy me like the $20 like bag of balls from Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would take the balls out there and I would drop them in one spot and I'd hit them off the snow <laughs> and with this thing. So this is like, so anybody at home doesn't know like too much about golf. This is like an old Jack Nicholas blade, six iron, a butter knife, from like, <laughs> from like 1975. Yeah. You can see how rusted it is because it's been hitting the snow so many times. Yeah, that's wicked, but, man. So I would take this thing out there. And the cool thing is that, I mean, this is all crazy in retrospect, but like looking back, the whole goal was that you couldn't see the ball go, you know what I mean? Like in right. the snow, you could only see the hole. Right. And they were really tough to spot. So the key was to hit them as close together as possible so that it was easy to pick them up. And then I would like hit them one way and then hit them back the other way and then just keep going back and forth. Unreal, dude. What a story. Yeah. What a story. A Northern Ontario kid playing golf. That That's what it amounts to right there. We're clipping that's that really one good. right there. Right? We're, We're clipping clip that, that one for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's a <laughs> sick story. Um, so, and that's what you mentioned, practice, practice. I mean, look at the way you've been practicing. How much do you amount your success to practicing more than actually just going and playing? Um, yeah, that's a tough one because you can't get too, you can't bury your head too much in a practice. Right. I mean, I've, I've tried doing that. And I mean, like golf swing and golf are two different games. Mm -hmm. So you can play golf swing all, all you want. And, you know, you can go on the golf course and you could be perfect and shoot 76. Right. Because you have to, at the end of the day, like understand like what it means to have different lies and like mm -hmm. know where to leave the ball to give yourself the best chance of getting up and down versus like just beating balls off a perfect turf all day. Right. But I would definitely say that the practice taught me the discipline. Mm -hmm. Right. So, right. you know, being at the ID, like I said, like not knowing anybody, right. like I was, I was there for a purpose and mm -hmm. I felt like I was executing it, you know, right. day in and day out. And, you know, that gave me sort of like a, a sense of satisfaction, mm -hmm. even when even when the backshop boys like Mason would give me a hard time for hitting all the pyramids. <laughs> it was insane how many balls this guy would hit. <laughs> I'd be sitting there in the range cart, just picking up his balls only. It was wild. <laughs> and I can tell you, they all weren't in the same spot at that point either. Nope, nope. I was sending them all over the place, man. I was having fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, man. So... Yeah. Bringing it back now to when you obviously start playing golf, what was the defining moment for you where like, yeah, okay, I can pursue this thing, you know, collegiately kind of deal. Cause you, you had that run like right before, you know, right before that invite win and, and maybe even a year before it was more like, you know, Ward was there. There was a big guns. You were, you were right there with them. And then you kind of surpassed them after that winning in terms of success. So what uh, was the defining moment for you? I think the defining moment, so a lot of people don't know this, but the, so the year before I won the Ontario Junior uh, in 20, so I won in 17, so 2016, I was in the final group at the Ontario Junior. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I was one shot behind Peyton Callens going into 18. And 18 is a par five, it's a dog leg right uphill. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to try to like, I'm going to make Eagle here. Cause like, he's going to make birdie, like whatever. End up snap hooking it into the fescue, make bogey. And then 
I realized I'm like, man, like I could have won this tournament. He ended up making par. Right. I could have won this tournament, just spitting it down the fairway, laying up or like maybe having a shot to go for it and then mm-hmm. just getting up and down for birdie. Like that was the moment when I realized actually what you need to be doing in certain situations to right, be able right. to win. That's when I figured it out. Cool. And then, you know, once I figured it out, I applied it all over the place and yeah. it worked then, a lot, but yeah, I, I had a really good chance that year actually to win. Man, that's interesting. That's interesting stuff. Is, uh, is going pro the goal after college, Tristan? Yeah, man. Um, I got kind of uh, a route mapped. I'm thinking of going the McKenzie tour route. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like assuming that I don't like, you know, do something crazy in the next couple of years and then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe take advantage of, of some of the other opportunities that, you know, right. come with, you know, being a collegiate champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely pros and that's in the crosshairs. Cool, man. Cool. And after the invite win, you had another massive win at the Rock at the Ontario Junior. How was that win, obviously, compared to the ID Invitational? Uh, that win was crazy because, I mean, it's it's weird to talk about because, like, I wish you could have been there to see what that golf course was set up like. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it was ridiculous. Right. Like, they turned it, so it's a par 71 turned into a 70 with the rough grown in super thick. I mean, they took all the red stakes out. So everything was just essentially out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it off the fairway. You're not finding it reload. Right. Yeah. And it was a crazy win too, because I had played the rock for the first time earlier that year in May Mm -hmm. with my parents. Cause we had been, we we were coming through Muskoka. So we're like, ah, like we'll just play around. Like you're going to be playing the junior year. Mm -hmm. So we'll check it out. And I remember played the round. And then I looked at my parents. I said, this place is going to make kids cry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, I probably saw an average of like five to six kids throughout, like every day throughout the tournament, come off the course in tears. Man, that's crazy. Because they just like, they just didn't know what to do. Right. And I think it was a pretty big advantage playing that round before because I had a lot of time to brew over it. Mm-hmm. And my strategy was definitely what, you know, pulled me through that week. I mean, I, I was hitting four irons off the tee where other kids were trying to hit driver. Right. Like right. I'll take, I'll take my 180 yards in. If yeah. you're going to be reloading all the time. Like, right. For sure. I mean, they they were making doubles, triples, quads left and right. I made one double for the whole week and it's because yeah, I hit a rock cool. that was in a bunker. Yeah. That's crazy. So, man. Yeah. Crazy. No, I, I, w- I was, that's that place taught me how to be tactical when I yeah. need to. Cool. So, and yeah, I mean, it was just kind of, I ignored sort of what was going on around me and it was just survival mode. Yeah. It's wicked, wicked yeah. stuff, man. I, like I, I heard that that year, like how tough it was and, and just the rock itself already is a hard, hard course and the way you set it up. Like you said, that's nuts. Um, So like when you're on a roll, like when you're playing such good golf, you know, you're playing like really good, hitting the ball well, winning, like how hard is it for you to be like, yeah, I need to, you know, take a break at some point in time here. Or do you just keep going? Yeah. Um, I didn't really handle it that well. I mean, in that, in that run back then, mm-hmm. um, just cause yeah, I like, I wore myself out. And the thing is like, that's just what happens in junior golf in Ontario. Right. I mean, I wasn't one of the kids that was, you know, fortunate enough to be able to, you know, fly all over the place during the winter, like Florida mm-hmm. and like 
go train here, go train there, go play in AJGA like there. You're you're hitting Jack yeah. Nicholas six irons into the into the snow. Exactly. That's <laughs> that, that that that's my that's my winter preparation for uh, summer. And then when summer rolls around, man, like it's go time. Right. Like you got you got especially right. like in in junior golf, like it's tournament after tournament after tournament, like mm-hmm. week after week. And by the time August hits, like you're done. Like your right. body's done. Like you got nothing left in the tank and then you're ready for, you know, a little bit of rest time. But yeah, I mean, when, when you're on a roll, it uh, you kind of, you know, you ride that high. And then I think the biggest thing I learned was to, you know, not ride it too high. Right. You know, it, it got to a, a point where it was like, I got a little carried away with it. And right. uh, I feel like I got, a, I got a better grip on that now. Right. I'm a little older, a little more experienced. Well, exactly. You were 16, 17 at the time, right? It's good learning experience for sure. Absolutely. Um, So now we get into the part that, you know, a great moment for you is committing to Sam Houston State, which is is wicked. Like to see all these guys finally, you know, go collegially, a good group of you guys. So what was that process like? And were there any other schools that you were in talks with other than Sam Houston? Yeah, I mean, um, I was talking to – I would say there was one point where I was talking to like 25 or 30 Man. different schools. Did, uh, <laughs> did Laurentian reach out to you? Or? <laughs> you know what? They did. They did. Chad Bruso came up to me on the range. He's like, hey, man, like we got an open spot. <laughs> In case everything else falls through, we'll take you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like, that's a hell of a process like to go yeah. through, right? Picking a school. And I was lucky enough that I was closer to, you know, some guys from, you know, the GTA that have already been there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got to pick their brains about it and, and got to know like what I should be looking for and mm-hmm. what to kind of avoid in the process. So, um, and yeah, I mean, Sam Houston was like totally by accident. Like I had no intentions of going there when I visited, it was like, I was stopping there and then I was going to go to university of Nevada after. Right. And it was sort of just like, uh, like, to me at that point, I was like, Hey, like, uh, whatever, like, we'll go visit Sam Houston. Like, yeah. Since you're twisting my arm, mom. Um, and then I fell in love with the place. Wicked. Like, it was just, it was great. I mean, it's got like, uh, I don't want to say a Sudbury feel because our culture is so unique, but it's like, uh, it's a smaller co- like college town, but mm-hmm. it's also far enough away from Houston and the big cities to where you can get like some peace and quiet if you want yeah it's also close enough to where like if you want to go and you know hang out in downtown houston you can right cool but yeah and the coaches were just great i liked the people there so yeah i think i picked the right spot awesome man. that's wicked how uh how have the first two years been for you and obviously talk about the golf there compared to you know golf here yeah i mean it was a little bit it was a shock like going into it because i a never really played on Bermuda grass before, right? Which is actually a big deal. I mean, Bermuda grass is bizarre. Like it's you have to start reading like grain on putts, right? Like you have to know like never which heard way, of, yeah, yeah you have to lot, know yeah. like which way the grass is going because it'll affect like the break. Um, it's way different hitting out of the rough, and so it took me a little while to get used to that. But you know, when I finally got my feet wet, I played an event and then. I played okay. Um, and then COVID hit in, uh, early in the spring Mm -hmm. and it got called off and then came back home. And then we didn't have a season in the fall. Right. And then 
we were so we were going into the spring hopeful and then our first tournament in the, the spring was the all-american and then that gets canceled mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay like um i got my covid year back but we're like actually wasting time here now so For then sure. i decided right. so then i decided to redshirt right and once i decided to redshirt they say okay we're gonna have in-state tournaments now so <laughs> so we go on we go on a pretty good run i admittedly had to watch from the sidelines it was a yeah. little bittersweet but we go on a pretty good run um we had a crazy story of making it through regionals that was actually all over golf channel mm-hmm. we had uh our number one guy will holcomb so he tests sorry so the sixth man who was staying with will holcomb test test positive will is our number one guy he's leading the team and i think he was leading if not top three in the tournament going into mm-hmm. the last day he gets contact traced out of the tournament even though he tested negative that's wild so the way that it works in college golf is the same thing in OUAs. i think it's the five guys top four scores every day right right is that yeah. what we all do okay yeah so he gets thrown out of the event and then so we have to go our bottom four guys you know iron man like no drop score into the last day like we're we're competing at oklahoma state's regional against auburn baylor um i think well oklahoma state obviously and then you know what i mean like a bunch yeah Yeah. exactly and you know we ended up i think so the top five teams went we were we started the day at five and we ended up three i think Mm -hmm. so we get into nationals and then wow and then we finish uh the top eight at nationals after the stroke play go into matches and then right. we finished ninth after wow, stroke play, one spot out of match play what a story dude that that's crazy iron manning it four guys <laughs> was he able to play after that in nationals or did he, he was, have to yeah he, yeah, he ended up i think he ended up so that was his last tournament because he was a fifth mm. year senior so he ended up uh, i think he finished top 10 at nationals he got a yeah. lot of he got a lot of airtime Wow, that's nuts. That's nuts, dude. And what's your eligibility like now? You, you retro, you, is it four more years? I got four. four. I got okay. four left, yeah. So you plan I'm, on uh, using those all up? I don't know. I mean, yeah. the one, the nice thing that I can do now is that because I got four more years of eligibility, I can, you know what I mean, finish my degree. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to get a master's. Nice. You know what yeah. I mean? And still be on Smart. scholarship. Good call. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, that, that seemed to be the right decision for me at that time. I mean, what happened mm-hmm. in the spring with all of that was like best case scenario. Yeah. Like that wasn't even, it was like a, like a maybe. Right. Maybe we could play. Right. And it ended up happening. So whatever, I'm happy for the boys. Yeah. And um, we got a, we got a good pad to, you know, launch off of this year. Awesome. So yeah, good it'll be fun. Good stuff, dude. That's crazy um what's a typical day like for you at sam houston like obviously balancing school and are you you know what's the training there i'm sure it's you know jam-packed pretty busy yeah so typical day um workout at 6 a.m uh so we'll work out at 6 a.m and then we'll come back usually classes will start between eight and nine and then they'll finish by around 12 30 like 12 to 12 30 and then we got practice at 1 to 1 30 and then that'll go pretty late. And especially if we're doing qualifying, like we might get back home at like eight o'clock at night and then got to make dinner. 
and then homework and then wake up the next day and do it all over again. And then as far as the training goes, I mean, we have uh, these two guys, their names are Randy and Lucky. And one of them is an ex Navy SEAL and the other one's an ex Air Force pilot. Oh boy. Navy SEAL also teaches special forces hand-to-hand combat training. And so those guys are our mental coaches. Mental so, you can, you, so you can imagine how intense that is. Right. So mental is that just like making you like mentally tougher or is that more, are they more like guys that you can go and like talk to? Like, well, what's no, they're, they're, they're like, they're making us tougher. Right. In your face. Like, yeah. 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 No, for sure. Like kind of uh, like tiger the, and his dad kind of stuff. Yeah. Randy, the, uh, Randy, the ex Navy seal, like the hand to hand combat instructor. He's a scary dude. <laughs> he's a scary dude that's i was like I, I actually i joked with uh my teammate jordan one time i'm like hey man like we were like in the meeting i'm like what do you think he would do like i just like went up and just tried to like give him a right hook like, how, fa- <laughs> how fast do you think i'd be on the floor <laughs> pretty oh, fast dude. i'm assuming <laughs> yeah that's wild. He's, like, he's like dude that guy can kill you in a hundred different ways right now <laughs> man it's a good guy it's a good guy to know though Renault, when you're at school yeah no no kidding yeah if anybody ever screws with me i know who to call (laughs) there you go that is unreal all right let's move into some general questions here uh kind of let's kind of bridge our way um from from college but so like i said you have this group of you evan ward even Hazer too, where you guys uh, go go to college, kind of like the first group of guys that we see go to college. There's a couple standouts that that went before from Sudbury. So who did you look up to before from Sudbury? And then what's your message for the young guys that are grinding right now in Sudbury? Um, so the guy that I looked up to um, was definitely Vince. Mm-hmm. Vince was the guy. I mean, I learned, I learned a lot about, demeanor and like just the way to like carry yourself i mean there was there was some things i took and some things i left but he definitely like he carried himself in a way that like i wanted to carry myself Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it like when he was on the range like you know what i mean prepping for the invite it was all business Mm -hmm. all business Mm -hmm. i mean he was always great about you know giving me swing advice or like giving me advice for you know how to handle certain situations out on the golf course but I definitely like I've gotten to a point where I realize the effect that I can have on, you know, the younger generation. And I mean, there's definitely there's a few kids around the Ottawa that I see that, you know, they got they got some passion. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Alex, like my message to them is that you can do it Mm -hmm. like you can. Yeah. If you really like I, I grew up, I grew up with uh you know with people telling me that like that's for that's for the americans like that's what the americans do like the americans play pro you know summer sports Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like golf is like golf is fun Mm -hmm. and i was like uh i don't know i don't know like if you really if you really take advantage of your opportunity and like if you really want to be good that bad and you know what i mean you got like an ounce of talent in you Mm -hmm. you can do it like yeah and i like i kind of that's always kind of been part of like my whole shtick is like, I, I was told I couldn't do it. And so I wanted to do it just to prove to, you know, the next kids that they mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I, I love it. And it's good that you guys did that because now, like, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but even when you guys like really, you know, 
started going to college and, and, and all you guys making these schools, like, I don't, I see a lot of junior kids now like playing and they're always at the course now, which is cool. You never saw that before. Um, you guys, so it's nuts now, but they're all golfing and it, it's cool to see. And we picked up the game. I would say relatively late too, but like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it really is. Uh, it, it's cool to see. So that's awesome, man. Keep, keep it up. And, and uh, hope to see a lot of kids come out, especially out of the ID Sudbury doesn't matter, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, I've always, I love the fact that like, I mean, Sudbury's not exactly, especially for like summer sports, it's not like a breeding ground for elite athletes. So mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons why I was so heavily recruited is because people know that. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we have a three, four month golf season to, you know what I mean? Like, so somebody of like my skill level compared to like the same skill level of a kid who lives in Florida. I mean, there's something like, there's something different because they had, you know, think about it. So if we have a, what is it? A third year for every one of their years. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. You know I mean? Like, yeah. Your, your first full year of golf, like full 365 was your first year of college, right? Yeah, right. That, that, which is wild to think about. What Was there ever a thought like maybe I should should move uh, during during the winter? Was that ever a thought for you? You mean like before play college? Golf? Yeah, before college. Well, I did. I yeah. did actually. Oh, you did? Yeah, right, I, yeah. Yeah, so I, so I went to uh, – <laughs> so I was at my – I was doing my victory lap here at Lockerbie. Cause I had committed to play in the fall of 2019, but I graduated in, you know, spring, summer, 2018. So I had all this time off and I'm like, okay, well, like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well maybe I'll just work and like, you know, go back to locker and maybe take a couple of like classes to help me out with, you know, whatever I'm going to need in school. And then an opportunity came up to go in and, uh, you know, train at, some pretty good facilities out in, in Palm desert. And, uh, I jumped at it. Yeah. Well, I would too. That's unreal. Yeah. How, how was it? It was unbelievable, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the first day I was there and I was checking out the course that I was you know going to be playing pretty often. And it was like super private place, but really like relaxed vibe. Mm-hmm. And, I remember the head pro like walking me around, like giving me a tour. And he was like, listen, man, there's pretty much no rules here. Like you can <laughs> wear, you can wear whatever you want yeah, and you can say whatever you want. But the one rule is that there's no phones. And I'm like, no phones. I'm like, okay. Like if, for that to be the rule, I'm like, whatever. And then I understood what he meant when I walked into the dining room and I looked to my left and Phil Mickelson sitting there with all of his corporate buddies. They just came off the golf course having a gambling match. And, you know, he looks up at me, he goes, Hey man, and I'm like, I'd never seen a golf pro before in my life. And I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I get the no yeah. thing now. I get it. Yeah. Hey, you take out your phone, go and Snapchat, get a selfie. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Like just like corny stuff like that, that they're trying to avoid, which is, yeah, yeah. is cool because I mean, where I hung around that course, I played an event um, called the Pro Scratch Invitational with like Freddie Couples, Harold Varner III, Wyndham Clark, Bo Hosler, Steve Stricker. Like, That's wild. So wild. some of like some of the legends and then yeah. like the new up and coming legends of the game. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I was like out there hitting balls. I was actually tied for the lead. So it was like, it's a pro scratch. So right. I'm the scratch player. And then my right. pro is a, a guy who plays a mini tour out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We shoot 62 the first day as a better ball, Yeah, which around there is pretty good. And we're tied for the lead with Bud Cauley and his buddy who went to Florida State. And right. so that's who we played with the second day. And like, yeah, it was so cool. Like just yeah. to be able to actually see like in Bud Cauley, he's a good player. He doesn't win often, but mm-hmm. he's a cash cow. Like he's a, he's a top 25 machine. And like right. to see, to see like what that looks like was pretty cool. Man, that's so sick, dude. Like the experiences, man. I wait like that, that unreal, unreal with golf, man. Unreal. Um, I'm curious and over and over what what's in your golf bag clubs wise, and are you changing you know clubs for tournaments? And obviously, are you changing anything for the Invitational this week? Um, I actually just uh, I just partnered up with Titleist. Nice. So yeah, I'm going. No I'm free going ads. All, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Titleist. Uh, I'm going all <laughs> Titleist in my bag. Um, I'm the only thing I'm waiting on is the driver and irons. They should be here any day. So if they're here tomorrow, then I'll think about switching for the tournament. But if not, then I'm just going to stick with my stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So right now I got kind of like a mishmash of of different brands, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be fluid titleist all the way through pretty soon. Putter wise. Are you a blade guy or more of a mallet guy? Blade. hundred percent. 100 i'm a yeah i'm a classic like, like i it. i love classic look on putters everything mm-hmm. like nice sharp i like uh like i have like the tailor-made sim driver right now and mm-hmm. i mean it performs well but i hate the way it looks right so mm-hmm. i mean yeah. I'm, I'm i'm fired up to get that new stick in yeah and those are slick too i know a couple guys that, that have that big stick so yeah cool they to did see well. with that for sure yeah no yeah. doubt no doubt um so when you're out on on the course because you know we really struggle with this when we're having a bad round we're like like fuck this like i'm, I'm over it you know <laughs> and then you start shaking and, and and that stuff like is there anything for you that you're like oh, like to get you back on the saddle if you're having a tough round to look yeah back the on? beer cart comes around <laughs> yeah, other than the beer cart <laughs> um you know what this is what i kind of think about having like an off day mm-hmm I think when you're having an off day and a lot of like, like players like you guys can like definitely attest to this is like the worse you play, the more you think about it. That's so true. Am I right? The worse you're hitting it, the more you're thinking about, okay, I got to keep my elbow full that I got to, I got to yeah. you know maintain the space between my legs. Like I got to change my grip. So for me, when I'm, playing bad and I start to get any sort of feeling like I'm overthinking it. I pick the smallest target out in the distance and I just hit it at that. Okay, cool. Just cool. I'll, like, keep, I'll keep that in because, mind. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we don't give ourselves enough credit and I mean, any elite athlete will like yeah. definitely be on board with this is that like our brains are more powerful than we think they are. Yeah. Like if I'm looking at, you know what I mean? Like the top branch on a tree that's 300 yards away Versus I'm just looking at this like cow pasture trying to think about keeping my right elbow folded. Yeah. I'm going to be able, like I'm tapping into like my athleticism, looking at that small target and effectively your dispersion should be a little bit tighter. Huh? Cool. 
Okay, I never thought of that way because you just, yeah, you know, just look at an open fairway, especially wow. like <laughs> just be an athlete, man. Come yeah, on. just be an athlete. You're gonna be, you're gonna be my partner one day next year in the Neo Kids match. You're gonna be my partner. Be an athlete. So well, that that was my question. Know. No, no, no. Before yeah. you ask that question, you're gonna have to teach him how to hit a driver. He's got this snap hook right now, Renault, that he can't. You know, he gets his whole this new driver, the Sim Two. This thing has Vaseline for the first ten shots. He's not missing the fair, <laughs> not missing the fairway, and then he just had you know develops. Well, that's when you start hook. playing bad and you start overthinking, and then oh you yeah, get yeah. The snappies. You get the snappies. That's the worst feeling in the world. Well, I bet you step up to the tee thinking, I hope I don't snap hook this one. Well, exactly. You just like how do whole... I just I just think about how do I avoid a snap hook? <laughs> but it's funny because when I'm playing good, I don't have a thought in my mind. Like, I just uh, go and swing. It, like I don't know if that's the same thing. Interesting, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just you know how it works. Yeah. It's yeah. listen, guys. It's like golf is. I mean, it's a game. It's a really simple game that people make tough. You have a ball, a club, and a hole. Make the ball go in the hole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, like, and I don't. I'm. I mean that, like, in you know what I mean. The most like respectful way towards the game. It's like. Yeah. That's at the end of the day. It's what it is. So I mean. It, why get too worked up over it? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I actually had it written down before you mentioned it. Do you think the Neo kids boys were scared of us as partners? Cause I think we would have dominated if we played. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, you know what? I tasted a little bit of blood in the water. Um, yeah. I don't know, but uh, there's not going to be any running next year. That, yeah, that you is can't do sure. it twice in a row. If you do it no. twice in a row, then I mean, that's. <laughs> and that's why it's, I told you're Tom your head in the dirt at that point. But I hey, told- no, Renault, Renault showed, uh, was there actually for the first first annual, and he he saw my putting with the rest. He knows he knows what's up when folks gives me twenty footers. He knows. Uh, you guys need new competition though, because Evan, Brett, they're they're right offs. Well, Evan at this broke point. like four clubs you know, <laughs> at the end of the second one. So, oh man, I love it. I love it. So. What's going on with college scholarships with this new, you know, Barcelona athletes, all that kind of stuff? Like, are you applying to any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I've actually been accepted into the Barcelona athlete program. Nice. Uh, I'm just waiting on. So from what I've heard through the grapevine is that they're filtering over 160,000 applications mm-hmm. right That's now. That's wild. They're running around the clock trying to figure out this. And I don't know if you've actually followed like the Barstool Athletics Instagram yeah, page. Every day. It's a spam yeah. account. Yeah. Like it's just like. Welcome, like just welcome. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, they got their hands full. I mean, Portnoy definitely like he went over the edge with that one. But I love it. I mean, I think it's it's a genius idea. Like so the the package is is like a pair of sweatpants, a T-shirt and a hoodie mm-hmm. that's like that's what you get as like your intro to being an athlete so mm-hmm. i mean that's times one hundred sixty thousand people i mean that's millions of dollars right mm-hmm. but they've also driven up a lot of attention as a For result sure. of it so yeah um but yeah no i i've gotten the email from barstool they say i'm in i'm supposed to get uh you're supposed to get like a follow-up from portnoy Mm-hmm. about it so i'm just waiting on that and then they like feature you on the instagram page and then that makes it official and then cool yeah no That's it's cool. uh it's definitely this new sort of the nli thing is what they're calling it name likeness and image mm-hmm. so you can like make it profitable i think the usga's got something going on with 
holding it off until I think it's February mm-hmm. of 2022. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff, right? Because I yeah. mean, I know I know football guys at my school. Like, I mean, we'll hang out like when they're not at practice or whatever. They'll usually come to like my apartment complex. We'll play mm-hmm. volleyball. Mm-hmm. And, like the football guys would be there. The basketball guys would be there. The baseball guys would be there. And the football guys have it rough, man. Like, like they're they're going all year long. Like, you know, they're playing in the fall, playing in the spring, and mm-hmm. then during the summer they have training camp, right. which is brutal. Like they're, yeah. they're working their asses off in like right. fifty degrees mm-hmm. Celsius, like hundred percent humidity, yeah. heat, right. like stuff that stuff that several people have never felt before. No, yeah, I'd never felt that before yeah. before yeah. I went there. Yeah, and you know, they're like, man, like. I can't even, I can't even get a job. Like if I wanted to, like, I can't even take my girlfriend out to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're going to do point. that to, if you're going to do that to a kid, I mean, yeah, you're offering them scholarship. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let them be able to profit off of other stuff. For sure. Right. Like let brands take them on, right. you know, let, let other people be able to endorse what they're doing because if they don't go pro then yeah, they just got out of college, but you know, their experience in college was football. Right. That's it. And right. like, they, they couldn't, they, they come out of college with nothing. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, I'm, I'm in total agreement with it. I think it's great. I think it's, yeah. it should have happened a long time ago, but yeah, I agree. I'm glad it's I, happening. I, now. It's interesting. You, you put it that way, especially with the football guys that, you know, you, you don't think about what they're doing postseason, right? Like you, you think of them as a pro when they can go home and, and do stuff, but these guys, and you're right. Like most guys, most college guys that have an off season probably working. These guys have no chance to work. So they no, have no money. Grinding, grinding 24 right. seven all the time. Right. Huh? Makes sense. So uh, BTB is thinking of doing athletes. Does that close the door with us? Can we, are we able to sponsor you guys or what, what's going on with that? I don't know. You're going to have to compete with Barstool on that one. So <laughs> fight, but... I, I don't it. know. BTB to the moon, I guess. That's what I like. That's what I like. Winner's got some competition. Yeah, exactly. Um, one more general question we have for you, Tristan, before we uh, go into Fast Five. We always ask the local people about this one. What's your thoughts on the Sebri Arena? If you have any thoughts around it with, with, uh, Kingsway versus downtown. You need to keep it downtown. Mm-hmm. And so downtown, I mean, for people who have been downtown lately, it's a little it's a little rougher right now than it even usually is, which mm-hmm. is it's sad to see. But like it's downtown Sudbury. Like you come over the Bridge of Nations and you can look over downtown Sudbury. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's pretty per se right now but it's downtown Sudbury mm-hmm. like you know what I mean and I, I saw this in one of the other episodes that you guys uh I can't remember who you had on that said this but like when the away team is driving over that bridge and they see the arena like it's spoke you know what I mean like yeah versus like being on the Kingsway it's like car dealership car dealership car dealership salute coffee arena like mm-hmm. but you want to be able to have that sort of effect like okay like we're here mm-hmm and so I don't know. I don't know if that takes. It's going to take a, a good bit of work to clean up downtown. But I mean, I would love to see the arena stay there and just mm-hmm. be updated. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. It's an interesting take, but I like it. it's it's different. Uh, this is probably the first answer that Alex doesn't agree with somebody. So no, I I respect all opinions on it, and and honestly, like I've said multiple times on this show, like I'd love to see it downtown too. I just don't know how how they're going to do it, and. 
first they got to clean up downtown before they do anything, which, yeah, uh, which I think there's opportunities to do how you do it. I'm not sure. It has to happen at some point though. Something has to happen. You can't just let it keep deteriorating. Downtown, downtown. We have tons of, we have, we have a few like pretty nice patios. Like the Buddha patio is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Respects, you know, a pretty good place. And, you know, like all the, all those other patios and restaurants, the FROMO is great. Yeah. Yeah. You need to like, the atmosphere, the possibility for the atmosphere is there. Yeah. It's just like a lack of care. I And mm-hmm. I agree I agree with you there. Like even I've always said this to the boys too, is like, you know, a bunch of places, their downtowns actually shut their streets down where you can have like a market, all this, bring people downtown. Close right? the streets. Which, yeah. we, which we don't do um, mm-hmm. to me, which doesn't make sense, which I think that's one thing. But it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't know what they're going to do. Um with the arena per se, especially, you know, it's winter months, that kind of stuff, parking, but there is, if there's a way to keep it downtown and it's viable. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't see it right now. That that's the only thing. And I just well, think something you. needs to happen. I'm I, with you. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I'm just saying yeah. like, I agree. Yeah. From a, you know what I mean? Like unbiased perspective, I would right. love to just see it stay downtown for the shock value. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree with you. It's, it's a good point that's for it. sure. For sure. Mace, what do you got? You know what? Well, I, I agree with yeah. that opinion as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming we're going to agree on this one, but I'm assuming the wolf has to stay no matter where the arena Absolutely, goes. We need man. that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. So I agree. You know what? Northern Ontario. I mean, there's like there's tradition, and then there's Northern Ontario tradition. Like yeah. this place is so unique. Like with all the with all the different spots that I've been. I mean, the culture here is. It's just like there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, like the stuff wolf it needs to stay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, that's the consensus. One hundred. I don't know anybody who would say that that needs to go. I mean, it's it's a good point. No one no one has ever said it on, yeah. on this podcast. Anyway, tradition's important, man. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever play any other sports? Real quick before, did, were yeah, you a hockey I, guy? Yeah. So I played I played hockey a little when I was like really young, and it was yeah. never really it was never my thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I got another surprise for you guys. <laughs> so my. I didn't play hockey. My grandfather, Chimino, your family might know him, Beppe Polano. He did play hockey and he went to Michigan State. This is the national championship ring from 1960 from Michigan State. That's nasty, man. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you wear that one or no? I'll wear it like here and there. I mean, I don't I don't really like to wear it out. Right. So it's just a little bit flashy, but like if I'm uh you know what I mean? if I'm like in the mood, if I'm in the mood to like kind of get some like, you know what I mean? Some greatness vibes off of right. or something for, sure. for a little so bit. So gala, gala at the on. invite, gala at the invite. It's probably on. Is that, is that? Oh what yeah. yeah. That's an exception. That's an exception. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man. Awesome. Okay. Let's move into our fast five here. Tristan, it's five rapid fire questions, whatever top of your head, let it rip. I'll send it over to Tom. Let it rip. Okay. First question, favorite club in the bag? Putter. Putter, okay. Travel golf destination? Mm, that's a great question. Like somewhere I haven't been? Yeah, yeah. let's let's do it. Let's do it that. Um, I want to play somewhere like up in the, like the mountains. Like if there's any golf courses in like Switzerland or something like that. Cool. I really like I'm a big fan of like the mountains, like the picturesque sort of backdrop. So yeah, cool. anywhere right. like some big mountains. I like that. Favorite golf course other than the Idlewell. Oh man. 
Um, my home track at school, it's uh, it's called Whispering Pines. That's mm-hmm. a great track. I think it's rated number one in Texas, actually. Wow. Okay. okay. Uh, who's your favorite golfer? Tiger. Okay. And obviously our last question, favorite Subway restaurant? I've only eaten there once, but my experience was so good. I'm going to have to be gen- – actually, you know what? No, I'm going to change my answer. Sizzle Mongolian Grill since my dad owns it. <laughs> yeah. I plug it. I, I was going to get it. you on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I call I, myself. A good good man. And I love Sizzle. I'm a big Sizzle's fan of Sizzle. So yeah, so good. Very underrated spot inside. Yeah. Like people don't, don't know much, but it is a hidden gem. So no, good. Pe- people yeah. who have been, they know what's up. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, I love it, Tristan. So that's going to wrap it up. Listen, man, thank you for coming on, talking to us about golf and everything. Like it was really fun to pick your brain. Someone of, a, of an elite level compared to, you know, Joel Schmolgolfer. So we're, <laughs> we're, you know, it was really fun talking to you. Good luck with everything. You know, we, we, we look up to you in, in the golf scene. So keep it going, man. We can't see, uh, we can't wait to see uh, the future for you. So thanks so much. Thanks boys. Appreciate it. It was fun. Hey, good luck this weekend, buddy. Appreciate it. And that was the interview with Tristan Renault, before we debrief it, Tom, you got a little message here from our pals at Silvercraft. Yeah, that interview with Tristan Renault was silvered by, was silvered by, wow, it was sponsored by Silvercross. Silvercross sells hospital beds, stair lifts, scooters, walkers, power wheelchairs, and much, much more. They proudly serve Sturgeon Falls, Elliott Lake, the Manitoulin Island District, Espanola, Sudbury, and our friends in North Bay. Visit their website, check them out on their Facebook page, or call them at 705-222-0700 for any healthcare need. Providing solutions to help our clients with their healthcare needs is our priority. And that's a message from Dean and Chantal Jacqueline, who are the owners of Silver Cross Subbury. All right. And that was beautiful. I read Tom, other than the silver. A little stutter at the start. A little stutter, but. Uh, it's been two weeks. Hey, we took a 14-day hiatus. Here. Yeah, exactly. Um. Tristan or no, you want to talk about calculated? This guy's one calculated. of the calculated guys I know on the goddamn planet. Wow. Like, wow, that guy, like, just dialed, dialed. Um, I love, like, his approach on the game is simple. Different. It's simple, different, but though. different. But, uh, like, you can tell this guy, this guy's got the drive to, like, go, go places. Like, yeah. he's locked in there. As soon as I uh, legit, as soon as we opened Zoom and I saw he had a Jordan Bulls jersey, uh, you knew in the it was background, this guy, this guy is dialed. Mace, let's throw it over to you, buddy. What are your thoughts? I think he's making the final four this weekend for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, that Vince Palladino walk. story was awesome. Uh, just hey, kid, come play with me. Slings of 32, was it 32, 33? Yeah, 32? Uh, I wow, mean, played like, in the invite when he was 13. Main match. Yeah, I've, I've watched this kid hit over 5,000 golf balls in a weekend for sure. Yeah. Just not the eight iron story of him hitting snowballs. Yeah. The the Jack Nicholas, I think it was six iron blade six just iron. In, the, in the, in the snow. Um, it just, it's cool to see, man. The kid had drive, like, you know, we played hockey. Like this guy was, it was golf. It was golf. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Just my thoughts, Jim, before I get your thoughts is that, Honestly, I feel like we say this with every guest, but if we actually had him in person, even post-recording, you can ask him so many golf questions to get knowledge on. You know, like, what do you do from, I find 60-yard bunker shots to hardest shot in golf for for me, uh, or maybe for one of you guys as well. You know, give me some tips on that. Or 
um, you know, these certain lies, all that stuff. I feel like he's very knowledgeable, obviously, but he's some guys that are that good don't really care to help people sometimes, but I feel like he's a total opposite. You know, he'll, he'll give you tips. He'll give you pointers. Um, you said he's very calculated. I mean, I would like to, you know, not even caddy him, but be in the same group as him for 18 holes just to see how he just operates. Just to watch, yeah. Yeah. So he's my favorite to win the – He needs uh, a caddy. No, nah, I'm going to see a lady friend this weekend, boy. So I'm uh, I'm off the charts. So maybe, Jim, you can leave Kev halfway through. No, I can't, leave, I can't leave my guy. can't leave my guy. Um, okay, boys. Good stuff. Let's, what are your thoughts, though? Yeah, like like I say, just a very calculated guy. I love the way he 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 thinks the game. Um, he gave you that pointer with uh, looking out. Yeah, at the tree branch. I've been trying. I tried that. Yeah, Did I you? tried it and I was ripping driver. Yeah, there you go. it's uh, it's a pretty good tip. What do you say? Like he was teaching. It was like he was teaching us. Like we were in a grade like four class. Where he was like, <laughs> when you're not playing good, when you're not playing good, what do you do? you think about your swing overthinking it right and i'm like yeah like i'm thinking and then we're, we start telling him stories he goes and then, and then and then and then i go and when i said you know you, you know when i play good i don't really think about anything he goes huh <laughs> we got we got to get that reaction he's like huh. huh yeah funny how it works i was like but he gave oh you a he gave you a funny how it works, Alex. I think he said one yeah, of those. Yeah, something like that. Hilarious, yeah. hilarious bite. We got There's so much content, man. It's it's crazy. But uh, maybe performers of the week, Mace. I guess. Well, I see it on the screen here. Usually, usually we don't share, but it would tie in well for uh, invite weekend, Mace. What do you got, buddy? No, I actually uh, I'm switching it? this up last minute. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm shouting out Jimmy from Collective House. I got my first haircut since September of 2020. Uh, didn't take too much off, but this is probably the first haircut where I haven't had to wear a hat everywhere for about a week, two weeks. So pretty happy with it. The man bun's finally gone. Didn't wear it. I wish I had your problem. Um, but how many t- and- times a day, Mace, with the hair that you had, did you like use a scrunchie? Or were you more of a band guy? Scratch. I, I had a nice little band around my arm. Yeah. Okay. But Jimmy at the collective house, he's the owner. Uh, him and his wife started it. Uh, awesome service. There's a cute little pup that roams around. Uh, the hot shave on the back of the neck. Everything. Oh, oh those are the best. Eh? Man- Manny Petty too? No, no. That's no. next week. Maybe. Okay. Nice. Good stuff. The whole treatment for me. So I like it, buddy. Um, I look sharp. I look tight. Tom? Yeah, I don't want to ruin I, – I hate ruining the mood after such a good first meeting performer, but um, we talked about it two weeks ago, last episode, that Columbus Blue Jackets goalie that, you know, did pass away from that player work incident. Uh, there was stuff about him, you know, how he died and all that stuff coming out a couple of days later, but his goalie partner, uh, Merce Lincolns, admits in his um, – I think they're at, like, you know, the funeral for him. He did admit that he, you know, he saved him and his wife um Merce Lincoln's wife I think was pregnant with the second son and uh it's like believed that you know the guy that did pass away stepped in front of the you know the firework monster the whole story for them because he had a newborn coming so you know I don't know maybe early odds for Vesna for Merce Lincoln's because you know this guy's gonna play the hard out for him and what a I don't even know like it's like me it's like not even me it's like people jumping in in front of people for you know when people say I'll jump in the front of the bullet for you is that is that what people say 
it's literally that you never you usually hear that stuff during movies so i mean that, that's my main form of the week sorry to get a little sad here though boys i thought that was pretty good yeah yeah i know it's a, it's a good one for sure uh for me we'll, we'll turn it right back onto a lighter note Gotta send out a big congratulations to Scott Circa and Aaron McClellan, or now the newly wedded okay. Aaron and S- Scott and Aaron Circa. Big round of applause. They tied the knot. Gotta give a <laughs> shout out to them. Um, great people. Couldn't think of two, you know, two better people. Um, they're 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 awesome. The whole the families, you know. I I know Kev obviously better a lot more, but Scotty, I, I knew through Kevin, just a, a great guy, salt of the earth, and and same with Aaron too. Uh, just great people. Very happy for them. Very happy they could celebrate in an environment, you know, less COVID measures than they were planning on. So very happy for them. I watched from Zoom. It was awesome. Uh, Jim, <laughs> did you hear about the video I sent in about? What was it? Was it the Steve? We all we all send like a little congratul congratulatory yeah. video. Kev Kev said mine was the only one that went off script. No way. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, please send it. That's were you were you crushed doing it, Mace? Like, what were you saying? No, it was a Saturday afternoon. Oh, okay, classic couple Bud Light, Steve. Um, I love it. All right. That is going to do it for Mayhew Performance of the Week. All, always sponsored by our friends at Mayhew Performance, Mikey and Nikki Mayhew. Anything you need to know about health in the mining industry, mining industry, they're really into uh, battery right now, trying to go all electric down there, which uh, we, we really like um, and big believers in, in them. So check them out at www.mayhewperformance.com for any of those consulting needs. Go check them out. All right. Let's move on to the Quarnies quiz. And boy, am I excited for this one. I bl- What am I? I'm two and one now? Sure. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Me? No, three and two. Three, and, three two. and two. But we got to throw to the intro quick. Yes, three and two. Let's send it off to the wonderful intro for the Quarnies quiz. It's the Quarnies quiz. Presented by producer Mason Money Savage. Uh, the sixth installment of the head-to-head battle uh, between Alex and Tommy. Uh, we got four topics this week. Uh, same style. You're going to go one for one. Uh, Tom, you're going to get the start start this week, so you're going to pick the first topic. Okay. Uh, the, the four topics this week, we have Sudbury. Uh, we have golf math. That's a combined topic. Uh, we have music and we have expansion draft questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's start off with uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's do Sudbury. Sudbury. All right. All right, Tom. Uh, who was the last Sudbury born player to bring home the Stanley Cup as a player? Oh, God. I'm using my call friend right now. Okay. Right off the bat. Yep. Well, Who's it going to be? Who, who do you, you got to speed that? What do you think? Uh, who do you think? Brett Jacklin. What's the question? The last Sudbury-born player to bring home the Stanley Cup. There's oh no God. way he doesn't answer. This is a no. Do you know the answer, Al? Yeah, I think I know. Oh, was it Andrew Desjardins? That is correct. Yeah, I, I, I hung Tom. up on him. I hung up on him. I, I, I don't know. That's you still use your phone, friend. I know, wait. I know. That's okay. All right, all right, Chim. Uh, 
New Wolves head coach Craig Duncanson was drafted in the first round in 1985 by which NHL team? Shout out Mikey Camito, the Los Angeles Kings. Lock it in. 1-1. One, one. All right, Tom. Golf math, music, or expansion drafts? Music. Music. All right, yeah. this is a uh, – I'm going to give you – it's a multiple-choice question. I'm going to give you four. four I got an ominous feeling about this. All right, Tom. Uh, Kanye West is dropping a new album this week. What is the title of his debut album? Was it My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, College Dropout, Graduation, or 808 and Heartbreaks? What's the second option? The College Dropout. The third? Graduation? Graduation. Graduation. That is incorrect. Chim, an opportunity to steal. Okay, what what were the options again? My beautiful dark twisted fantasy, the college dropout, graduation, or 808 and heartbreaks. And college dropout, Tom said, right? He said graduation. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with my uh, beautiful. You have no fantasy. idea. That is incorrect. It yeah. was the college dropout. Was a college tough one. Yeah. History That's lesson okay. here for you guys. That's okay. I'm not. I'm right, not a big Kanye guy. So it's uh, unfortunate. There. Uh, <laughs> this is your question, though, Chimino. There was a famous Seattle singer who announced a draft pick at the NHL expansion draft tonight. Um, was it Pearl Jam? Was it Allison Chain? Was it Foo Fighters? Or was it Macklemore? Macklemore. That is correct. You're up 2 1. All right, Tom. Like golf that. math or expansion draft? Expansion. <laughs> Jim gets the, the easiest one. Tom, is he getting a little humid in there? You need no. a little dehumidifier action in there? Tom? No. No. Why are you hearing it right now? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, I thought maybe it was on, but I... no. May I skip it? Right. Tom, expansion draft or? Yeah, expansion draft. Okay. Um, what is the name of the Kraken Arena? This is also a multiple choice question. Is it the Amazon Arena, the Climate Pledge Arena, the Gray Sloan Memorial Arena, or the Lumen Field? I'm, it's the Amazon Arena. That is incorrect. It is. Oh, I no. thought it was Amazon too. Hold on. What What are the uh, options again? Right. The Amazon Arena, the Climate Pledge Arena, the Gray Sloan Memorial Arena, or Lumen Field. I'm going to go with the Climate Pledge Arena. That is correct. I knew it. That is correct. I it is sponsored it. by Amazon. That is. That is. But how but is it? Is that. Jim, I don't know. All right, Chim, uh, you're one? up three to one. This is the final expansion draft question. And uh, this actually could end the end the quiz. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 2000 like- expansion draft saw these two teams added to the league. Uh, I'm giving you five teams, and you have to guess two correct. Okay. So the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, the Minnesota Wild, the Columbus Blue Jackets, <laughs> the Phoenix Coyotes, <laughs> or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why are you laughing so much? What's the question? So what what are the two teams from the 2000 expansion draft? The Ducks, the Wild, the Blue Jackets, the Coyotes, and the Lightning are the five you have to guess I'm going to go Coyotes in Minnesota. That is incorrect. You got one correct. Oh, mother God. Um... I know which one you got right. <laughs> I know I forgot two with that. Hey, so what did you say, Jim? I'm not telling you. 
So Tom, um, One of them two of these teams are from the 2000 expansion draft, the Ducks, the Wild, the Blue Jackets, the Coyotes, or the Lightning. Two of those teams. Um, Columbus? Yep. I don't even, Jim, I honestly don't even remember what you said. I might even say this. Okay, hurry up. <laughs> Phoenix. No, that's incorrect. It was mini. It was the wild. Oh. Wild and jackets. All right, oh. Tom, you get a I'm golf not... math question here. Oh. oh, I'm not out yet. Okay. You got to sweep this. You got to sweep Golf and this. math. Not good for me. Sweep. Give it to All right, me. Tom, you have a 15-foot birdie putt. Mm-hmm. You proceed to blow your putt five feet past the hole. Mm-hmm. But you make your par putt coming back. Mm-hmm. How many feet did you putt the ball in total? Twenty. That is incorrect. Okay, hold on. I have a fifteen foot putt. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! I answered. I that blow too it quick. five feet by, and yeah. I make the five footer back. That's yeah. ten. That is twenty-five. That is correct. Yeah. I answered too quick. This quiz is rigged. 4-2, Tom. Next one, we might have to put a wager online. That's all good I'm feeling. Maybe like an ear piercing or something, Tom. Oh, maybe, maybe a donation to the Hearts playbook. Yes, or that too. Or, yeah. Winner or winner gives a Manny pedicure. Or loser. Ah, mm-hmm. I like that. Or you get to do, uh, if you beat me, you get to do my eyebrows. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> or or next done. one, we should start doing like... Loser just wears the jerseys that we can make some use out of the jerseys we bought each other. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Did you did you go away and get Paul I have Ryan? not gone done, Paul Byron. I am going to. I promise. Okay. It's gonna okay. get done. All right. And I know get Caulfield, know. man. No, no, it's Paul Byron with an A. Um I'm, I'm, I was actually <laughs> hoping that he was gonna go to the crack. And was that an option? It was, no. It was an option. I thought Paul Byron was going. But or, yeah, I don't know. Who did they the crack, the crack and, and take from the Habs? Hey, eh? um, Flurry, eh? Flurry, yeah, yeah. Both Flurry bros back in uh, the plane together. How about that? A f- two Flurries taken in the Kraken draft and a Flurry taken in the Vegas draft. Very Those weird. parents are uh, pretty happy. Yeah, I didn't wow, Jim. I didn't think of that. Very weird, but uh, yeah, let's go to We Miss It Boys. I can't remember the, the last episode too well, but I'm trying to think, did we miss anything? At all. Yeah, I missed the whole take on Montreal coming yeah, back. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, pretty sad to say that the founder of missing tore ACL. Um, no. Yeah, you were in the group chat, no? Yeah. So, but, speedy yeah. recovery to Roberto. I mean, yeah, big ups to Roberto. It's another guy to the list that I know that's had the same injury. So, yeah. hopefully, he's doing okay. Hopefully, but, and we can go for some mocktails with them. Let me, uh, let me talk to you about Missin, boys. How about that? Yeah, we're rocking the yeah, hats. Yeah. We're rocking while, the hoodies. While we think, while we think, yeah. Missin is a local apparel company specializing in comfortable and affordable streetwear. The brand helps bring awareness to youth mental illness with the brand's not alone line, raising funds for organizations providing mental health resources to youth in Ottawa and soon Sudbury. Visit their website to check them out and make sure to take a look at their new summer selection that just got released. Find them at www.jusmsn.com. That is justmissin.com. Or check them out on their Instagram page, at justmissin. When you do purchase, Just Missin has set up our BTB fans and listeners up with a promo code, baby. At checkout, type in the promo code BTB20 for 20% off all apparel. That is BTB20. 
a deal you can't beat for already affordable clothing. How about their summer collection, boys? And these hats, I mean, the quality. I've worn these on the soccer field coaching. I've worn these on the golf course. I've worn these to the bar last Multi-purpose. weekend when I was DD. Multi-purpose. Multi-purpose. So. Shout out to Miss and shout out Jacob Savage uh, added us today, which is cool. I'm sure you used the BTB promo code on the hat, so we love it. Um, that's awesome. Um, we missed shouting out our golf pool winner. Oh, yeah. We missed it on this episode. Yes, we did. T-Mac. Uh, oh, we missed talked about uh, Colin Marikawa. We didn't that talk about the, Yeah. That the up and downs that guy was making on Sunday were gross. That's I bad. I didn't tune that... into much of it. Um, I heard it was pretty boring, though, Mace. No? I don't know. For Sunday at noon, I was watching on the dock. have my tripod out with my phone holding holding up the TSN feed. A not couple a Bud Lights. Yeah, not a big deal. Nice. I mean, I want to. You always want to see Louis win, but uh, Morikawa was nasty, man. That's. Well, that's I totally want to see Connors and. Um, yeah. And Hughes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, they're, they're coming. They're close. coming. They're coming close. They're uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think we see a course record candidate, boys, for uh, the Blues at the Adwalt? The invite? No. No. You don't think so? What, what is it again? Is it sixty-three? Sixty-one. It'd be tied. Sixty-one. Yeah. Jesus. With an asterisk, but. With um, with the pins and all that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Tyler McKillop. McKillop. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. Congrats, man. Um, looks like he plays uh plays some baseball action here. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's on the ball team. Is he on the LU ball? Athlete. He is on the ball team. Yes. PTB athlete. There you go. Athlete. Yeah, we're gonna have to start sponsoring people, guys. We'll send him some missing T-shirts. Um, but anything else that we missed, guys? Not anything we missed, but. Um, um, As I'm gonna get a little putts on 16. Yes, oh, yeah, the video of you on 16 though, that was gold. And Mace, your edit, your edits, man. <laughs> the SpongeBob, so Jim, good. still this day, I actually can't believe that putt went that far. I know we talked about it with Jay and, and Ravsky, I told them about it, I couldn't believe it. I think they watched the video too, did they? Yeah, um. Just a little like side note. I know I talked to Chim a little bit about it. And I also told my parents that I'm going to talk about this at the end of the episode. Um, a little bit of a sad note. The Greek community lost a, um, you know, a very good person. Obviously, my uncle, my my parents are obviously pretty close with him as well. Um, so I'm going to read you a little thing from the eulogy, like the little, you know, thing they got from the funeral. Um, Sam always put his family and friends first. He was always there to provide support. Sam was an accomplished and well-respected CA and was a senior partner at FCR for many years. He was an avid Toronto Maple Leafs fan and Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Sam was actively involved in coaching both of his son's hockey teams. And, um, you know, he participated heavily in both those, you know, his son's lives. So Sam Lolis was the guy. He died 57 years old. Boys, it's a very sad Greek community, obviously. Um, took a hit a couple weeks ago. It was July 11th, so 10 days ago. Um, and he was obviously an uncle to me, and my dad was pretty shaken up the last couple of days. So I wanted to say condolences to him and his family. And I know he has two older kids now that are, you know, living without a dad. So I just wanted to end, end off the episode, not on a sad note, but, you know, our condolences to the Greek community and the family there. No, I, I, absolutely, Tom. BTB sends that all, all the way through, all the way through. Well said, buddy. Um, and on that note, I think uh, we're good to wrap up this episode. Uh, another one, like I always say, it's jam-packed, but there's so much stuff to talk about all the time, especially when you're doing it 
uh, bi-weekly, but it, it, it's always good to hop on Zoom, talk with the boys. So, you know, always check out our socials, Instagram. We are at BTB Podcast, double underscore. We'll be posting from the invite all weekend long. Media day starts tomorrow, so we'll get some, hopefully get some real good content um, from there for the people. Um, and I think that's going to do it. Um, again, check us out on youtube if you want to watch some of our past interviews and and see us live in action absolutely um and check us out apple spotify five stars rate review we want it all the good the bad and the ugly let's do it tom yes yes i also said quickly to wrap up that i'm going to see kelly this weekend but it is also a former guest on our show taylor murphy's birthday saturday so that's part of the other reason why i'm going down so a little quick plug out there we will be going you know phase three boys we forgot to talk about that phase three i will be going to bars in downtown toronto so i'm excited for that yeah i think yeah i'm pretty sure you can do that almost all all the way around so that's good um also if we're talking birthdays you got to give uh, a belated shout out to glennie long yes sexy uh it was his (laughs) birthday the legend at the Iowa. if you don't know glenn long just come to the idawald on a wednesday or friday you'll be sure to find him right away. Uh, he's an absolute beauty. We love Glennie. Um, he always takes care of the boys. So give him a shout out there. And that is going to do it. It's an all ID episode, ladies and gents. Thank you to Jay and Steven uh, for coming on. It was, uh, you know, it was a short time period. They came on in, during such a busy time, but we really appreciate it. Also to Tristan, you know, during this, this week, you know, getting geared up. Very happy uh, that he came on, and I hope all, all uh, goes well for him, um, especially bold takes. We love it. Now it's time to, to follow up on him. Very excited to see uh, how he plays. Um, and, again, our sponsors, always taking care of us. Thank you so, so, so much. We will be back in a couple Tuesdays. We'll send it to our outro now from Filippo Mazza, which is called If You Know, You Know. So, Shout out to Feeps. He's a good Sudbury boy that I went to high school with and elementary school with. So great kid. Um, check it out. And that's going to do it for the episode, everyone. We'll see you next Tuesday. Take care. Thursday. Loved one. Stay tight with each other. Stay safe out there. And we'll see you soon. Brown
can make Abe Lincoln tell lies Got me hypnotized by the way you move Nobody else can cop your groove Hotter than hell with the quick wit Got me in a mess, can you spill, kid? She's right at home in a class or in a bar We're in the backseat singing songs in the car Can you call me maybe? I feel like I'm Bieber and you're my baby Maybe I'm cheering cause I love the shape of you I hope that one day we'll be stuck like glue Cause when I'm with you it feels like a love song When I'm without you it just feels so wrong Make me your man, I will be true So I'm out of payphone, can you call me maybe? I feel like I'm Bieber and you're my baby Maybe I'm cheering cause I love the shape of you I hope that one day we'll be stuck like glue when I'm with you, it feels like a love song. When I'm without you, it just feels so wrong. Make me your man, I will be true. You drive me crazy with all the things you do. You do. You do. 